0: Hi, it's Tierney, host of Tierney Talks. You're about to listen to a very special episode of the show. Welcome. Welcome to a new episode of Tierney Talks. My guest today is my friend, friend of the podcast and amazing esthetician and beauty entrepreneur, Andrea Ames.
1: Yay. Thank you so much for having me.
0: Thank you for being here. It's Earth Day. It's the new moon. So many things, yes. And you were the first guest of the podcast ever, so it's always an occasion to get back with you. Um, I love it. Where are you right now?
1: I am in my dining room, and there's this corner that I love that I feel like I get I don't know. My concentration levels are always really on and I feel really focused because I'm next to like a beautiful window and a fig plant. So I'm in my dining room. Cute. Do you eat those figs? No, I wish. It's one of those like fig tree, you know, decor type Mm -hmm, plants, mm -hmm. but, um, I just really like looking at it. Totally.
0: I'm in, um, My bedroom because it's the most like sound insulated area I have, uh, Mm. just from clothes and bedding, I guess. And but what I've done recently is put a high stool in here to like get to this microphone better. And it's crazy how sitting much higher in a room I've spent so much time in feels like really new and fun, especially Uh, in this time.
1: Yeah, I feel like that's kind of inspiring to me because I've been really thinking about while being at home how important space and environment is and you know for me um i'm never at home this much like i'm always at the studio or i'm just kind of like always out really and so i'm yeah i really like working from bed and the couch but sometimes i end up feeling a little gross if i'm like still in bed for hours do you know what i mean i don't know which is yeah. stupid I start to feel a little like, uh, I shouldn't have done that. And also it kind of hurts my back. So, Mm -hmm. so, um, yeah, I'm really, I really want to get like a really nice desk and set it up and kind of feel like I'm going back to school. I guess I miss school a little bit. Girl, I'm
0: living the student scholar stoner lifestyle. I've always like, And I think, you know, socializing takes up a lot of time. So it's just so funny. Um, I do have an office because, you know, I work a lot from home uh, regardless of this. And uh, so maybe a year ago, I got I made an office in my house and it is so like rewarding and fun, Um, especially now, because. I was so excited to have an office that I to have a designated space to like create in besides just doing my like assigned work, um, which at home just feels like homework to me. I'm down, you know? But totally having a space to do that rather than popping around the dining table and sharing space with other people and or like working from bed. Um I I just loved having the space so much that I didn't really invest a whole lot of thought into improving it. Like I painted it and all that, but uh, with the help of my dad. But it's funny now how like it's so much cleaner and more well organized. And I just it makes me feel like I'm on a television show to walk in because I've just never been organized in my life.
1: I can already picture it. I just love, I, aside from obviously like beauty and sca- I really like organization is so cool. <laughs> like I'm kind of upset, like just organizing pen. I'm a huge pen person and I know you are too, but like pens and notebooks, like I have a whole dream of having like a beautiful office space with like all the notebooks and like colorful pens you could think of. So totally. that's like. That's the goal. But it's like times like this where you can actually, you know, it's like the day to day hustle has turned down a lot. So it's like it's really nice to let yourself do other things that like bring happiness. And for me, that's definitely like organizing and supplies and school supplies and stuff, which is really random. But it it's just it's always been such a thing for me.
0: It's also super creative, like whatever you use those supplies for, you're making something out of it, you know, or like dreaming about what you want and manifesting and why not, especially in a time like a new moon or the period right after use like our words and drawings and just time to think about beautiful things and to like draw in the kind of healing stuff we want.
1: Exactly. How's this, how has this week been for you? I mean, it's like a heavy hitting week. It's like 420, new moon, earth day. How are you feeling?
0: I'm feeling pretty good. Um, you know, I, I'm very mindful that for like people listening to us talk and even just talking to one another that everybody right now is going through so many different experiences and that, um week to week or day to day or, you know, period of the day to another, it can feel like so many different, um, things in one. And like, for me this week, uh, because of some of the things you mentioned, I've had a very positive and healing, um, vibe, but, and like just enjoying my own time, which for like a Capricorn with a lot of blah 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 you know issues it feels revolutionary to just enjoy yourself I think sometimes and like fill your life with all the things you're called to like you know reading good books and spending time outside and talking to people who I really care about on the phone or FaceTime and you know thinking about interviewing you and like this is very rewarding but I also don't like getting caught up in any kind of productivity like induced like mental shift because yes (laughs) I'm so sorry um I can very easily get caught up in like I really believe in unplugging from work and the pressures around that so just because I tend to enjoy so many of the things I do it can quickly become too much about that in a time when it's really not about that you know
1: definitely yeah i i see that did you hear that sailor
0: sailor sailor sorry. what are you doing you ah. must hear my voice we're gonna have to andrea's
1: dog <laughs> i'm so sorry she literally no, never works okay. okay one second okay. she heard my voice it's okay <laughs> she yeah, saw guys- she saw a squirrel
0: oh that's i you. see Please welcome to the podcast, Margot Padilla, who is our amazing (laughs) audio producer and friend. We miss going to your house to record, babe. (laughs) I know.
1: I know. I miss you guys. So much. I just like the whole setup in there. I just, it's funny. It's not like I, there's something very, that your space, Margot, has a really good energy to it. Very Um, well. Big agree. Chill vibe. Not intimidating, you know. Hey, this is a suburban podcast. Yeah, just you know, like you're in a yeah home, home, you know, homies.
0: Someone's home in LA. All three of us gals are from
1: Southern California, and we're very proud of it. So (laughs) true that. (laughs) No wonder. I was just thinking how after quarantine, I I think it's probably time I get an LA tattoo. Yes, babe. <laughs> I've been feeling very um pri- like I've I'm prideful of where we're from, but I also am just like I can't think of a better city or state. Pro I'll say state because I do think California is the best. It's like no, how No, I'm going city. Are we though? <laughs> Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, the fact that I have a backyard is, like, so here. I'm just not taking anything for granted right now. Like, I'm like, oh, my God, look at how gorgeous these, you know, like, random-ass flowers that I see. And it's, like, it's all, you know, it's just, like, all something to be grateful for, definitely. I feel like a
0: local yokel, you know? I love L.A., and I love—I have a valley tattoo, and Brian— um my boyfriend has an LA tattoo.
1: <laughs> oh, so I'm I know, I'm late to it, but I went through my phase of tattoos pretty early at like 17 and then I haven't really gotten anything new for like 6 or 7 years. So
0: Yeah, I don't think you're late to it. I'm saying just join the party, babe. Come join on. Join the party. I know. Turn up. LA turn up. I got 818 and Michelle got 718. Um, and I got mine on the hip and hers on her behind and 718 is her area code in Queens. So we thought there was a synchronicity to our area codes being so close. Definitely.
1: That's really, oh, uh, it's funny because Michelle to me is so LA in so many ways, um, that I forget she's from Queens, but, um, I really, yeah, I think that's really sick to have like a I want like a matching tattoo with someone I've never done that before
0: I have another one with my lesbian rocker friend who I guess from that description I don't know if she wants to be named but <laughs> uh, <laughs> if you're listening babe it's on my ankle and it says rebel girl Ooh. Um, yeah I got it on the sunset strip but Tattoos are funny. I heard a lot of people are giving themselves tattoos while, you know, staying at home.
1: That's interesting. Yeah, I mean, I think that I feel like stick and pokes probably aren't that hard. Um, They just really hurt like a bitch, though. They're like, I think they're super painful. Like, in a weird way, I kind of like the gun, but there's something really cool and intimate about a stick and poke. But I think I'm too scared. I would be too scared to try it on myself. But I know they have like kits that you can get online. I would
0: never try it on myself. I yeah. would not even do. I don't do self tanner. Let
1: alone. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So no, true.
0: Um. Yeah, it's funny though. I was looking at photos and I was thinking, like, why don't I use self tanner? You know, but it just <laughs> seems, especially if, like. With you in mind, probably because of just the skincare element of like how much effort it takes to really like clean your pores and stuff. The thought of putting on layers of like fake color to me feels very un like unnecessarily like just congestive or something.
1: Definitely. I have to admit, which is really funny because I definitely had like a self-tanner phase, maybe like five, six years ago. And I got really into this self-tanner by Tarte. Um, cause it was kind of more natural. I don't think it was organic, but it was definitely vegan. And I would, I was still living with my parents at the time. And I would literally call like, yell for my mom. I'm like, mom, come help me do my tanner. Cause mm-hmm. it, it was just like, I don't really, you know, this about me, Tierney. I don't really like show skin ever. Like I, I, dress my style's always been flowy and like oversized over the years so like come spring summer I feel I got started getting really self-conscious that I was like just really pale which is fine but um the funny thing what I discovered about self-tanner is I really like respect to people who use them but I just I literally shed so much skin on my body which is why I'm don't like, I just don't even know how you can keep up with it. I literally think you have to do self tanner like every week, every seven days, just to keep up with the maintenance. And like you said, like in my head to me, it's just sort of like this congesting thing that isn't really allowing your skin to breathe. So I stopped it. Cause I started getting all blotchy and like the in-between makes you never want to do it again. Cause you look crazy.
0: Yeah, that's what I think. Besides at the actual pore level, the other, like, congested vibe is just the... Because I've had other kinds of, you know, makeup or treatments before where... Like eyelash extensions. I only had them once. Or I've had them... I think I've only had them once. And it's like that in-between of between them falling out all the way and that you first getting them on. It just looks so wonky after a while. (laughs) And it makes me way more, like... I don't know. Body dysmorphic? Yeah. <laughs> uh or just like Yeah, I don't know. I think that's something I want to get into a little later of like some of the more um just pondering of like the obsessiveness and compulsiveness and like emotional attachments that can come with caring for ourselves and skincare and beauty and like vanity and blah blah blah. But First, I want to talk about something which is much more important, which is Earth Day.
1: Yeah.
0: It was another synchronicity that we are speaking on Earth Day, but one I was really happy about. Um, and it's actually the 50th anniversary. The first Earth Day was in 1970. So I thought that was interesting.
1: Oh, I didn't even realize that. That's even so much more special. I love that.
0: It says when Earth Day was first organized, it brought out 10% of the American population, which is honestly so <laughs> many people imagine if, like, any of our movements had that right off the bat, you know? Totally. Um, I feel like, you know, I received an email from Noto um, Botanics this morning about Earth Day. Um. In like sustainability, and I know many different brands, especially the ones you're interested in and partnered with, um, make it a priority in their beauty practice. But can you just speak to that a little bit? Tell us about like what's the trend report of sustainability in the beauty industry right now?
1: Definitely. Um, I feel like there's been really huge strides um when thinking about, you know, product launches. Everything from, um, you know, being able to recycle the byproducts to the product, the original product um, packaging originally. So that's kind of something I think a lot of consumers, from what I've noticed, and my personal belief now is that we're all very conscious of this. um, I feel like I see less and less brands using plastic, for example, and are switching to glass, which is really, really huge. Um, and now that I think about it, I feel like a lot of the brands that are really kind of like blowing up right now are very much, um, focused around that. So like a great example, obviously, is you to the people and they literally center campaigns around, um, environmental cleanups or reusing, you know, let's say you've finished the activated mist, um, and you have like a extra bottle. Like they're doing really cool um campaigns where you see people reusing them as flower vases. And I think that's really cool. Um, I would say there's this what I think is really exciting is there's now so many more, I feel like avenues where you can if you're a consumer and you want to buy eco-friendly products, there are more resources. There's a store in New York um that I really, really, Admire called Package Free Shop, and essentially everything there is package free. There's no um, use of plastic, so everything's pretty much in like a glass container or like biodegradable, which I think is so amazing. So, just even seeing that kind of movement and progress is really, really huge. So, I think hopefully that's kind of working to influence all consumers around the world that hey, we need to you know, get creative in ways to reuse these or support brands that do have eco-friendly initiatives.
0: I like the idea of reusing because your example, the adaptogen mist from Youth mm-hmm. and People, I, um I was actually bothering to put skincare this morning um, in preparation to speak to you, and notice that I'm like about to be done um, with that product. And I would never have thought To put flowers
1: in it, Uh, I know, right? Yeah, yeah. and they they just launched this campaign, and um, one of the founders was like, "I'm using, reusing this jar for my spices," and I'm like, "Oh, that's so." It's just little things like that. That these are those little actions, aside from like recycling and throwing products in the recycling bin. That's one thing, but it's really about adapting and adding these little steps into your daily life. That I think over time will make a bigger difference. So it's like. Instead of disposing or recycling right away, it's like let's think of other applications um for these containers that essentially can become, you know, permanent objects, which I think is really cool.
0: And for you to the people, are those containers glass? Do you know?
1: Um yeah, they they are. I think No I'm, wonder they
0: seem nice. Like I've put yeah. a lot of the line and the containers are all really nice.
1: I think I'm I'm probably don't know the exact lingo, but I think with skincare, there's like a lot of grades, um, to like ask that you can use, but what's nice about theirs is that I actually have dropped, um, one of their products before and it didn't break. So like, I think certain glasses have a little bit of a bounce factor, which I think is really cool. Nice. And funny about that is like, when I started working for Osea, like four years ago, um, their whole thing they didn't actually, they use recyclable glass, but one of the biggest complaints that I remember getting from customers were, was that, um, like if you go to the store, it doesn't have, there's no like, like box packaging or like, it seemed like it just, I don't know. It gave the air that it wasn't as quote unquote, like expensive or luxe, which I think is kind is of there, interesting. Yeah. yeah. Um, but you know, that, I feel like even just in those four years, that's really shifted. It's like, people don't want the extra packaging. And I think um, you know, that messaging has to always, for brands, always has to come back to really smart marketing. Because um, as much as we're in the time of like, I think really paying attention to environment friendly initiatives, I think that we're also in the time of like major branding. And like, if you have, just a really cool box for your product like that is an eye grabber you know so it's like a delicate balance but i really do think things are shifting
0: um it's interesting because like if you have like someone gave me a chanel bronzer for a birthday gift and to open the box you know you open the chanel box and then you open the it has to be in a velvet pouch that's you know embossed chanel And then it has like a thin layer of paper with a sticker and then you open the product and it's just (laughs) like, that's all to give me as the consumer, the recipient of the gift, more time to feel like I'm swimming in Chanel,
1: you know? Totally, totally. I mean, there's so much psychology behind, you know, these products and product launches and lines. And I think what's cool is now we're kind of like backtracking and just thinking about like, no, like let's cut out all of these middle steps and just let's find the best, most efficient, eco-friendly way to deliver the product and still make the consumer feel special. At least those are the kind of things that, you know, I'm thinking about, um, as I continue to like expand my business and things. And, you know, I, it's really influenced me even the way that I think about when I'm in the studio doing facials. It's like, I'm always thinking about what are where can I tighten up, you know, the loose ends where it's like, okay, this is a little bit more wasteful. I can probably do rewashable this or that headbands, all of that. So, you know, it's definitely something that's always kind of like at the top of um, my list really. So is that an example
0: of one of the changes you've made? Like you previously had disposable headbands or something like that. And now you have like a terry cloth or whatever that you throw in the wash with the towels.
1: Yeah, definitely. I mean, I want to say like a year ago I was, um, using disposable headbands and it's tough because it's like with facials, it's all, you have to be extremely hygienic. And especially now during, um, this time that's going to get amplified once we open up, um, But, you know, in my head, I just get, I'm so much more proud of the fact, like, it's like, I have X amount of headbands, I rewash them in super hot water, I use bleach, I mean, you can't get any cleaner than that. So it's just like, little changes um, that really help over time, instead of, you know, it's like, there's such a long trail, it's like, then the headbands come from usually like China, which is such a far, you know, it's like carbon footprint and then they're packaged within a bunch of plastic so it's like just reducing those kind of intermittent steps I think are um it's a game changer
0: yeah and if you're gonna reuse all your um products giving all these facials you're gonna have plenty of organizational containers for your house
1: exactly
0: I love it uh, I want I haven't bought stuff in bulk, really, when it comes to beauty, and I'm very interested in checking out a space like you mentioned in New York or one of the l a equivalents. I know some friends I follow on Instagram. I see them um stocking up on certain like creams or scrubs, I guess um so that's kind of gonna be a new interest of mine
1: yeah re- reusing is really cool i'm gonna that's gonna be my like new. Thing during this time, for sure. It's more accessible than
0: going out and starting to get your whole regimen in bulk. Or, you know what I mean? It's a more simple shift.
1: Exactly.
0: Well, of course, congratulations. Since the last time you were on the show, you opened your own skin studio oh, in yeah. Hollywood, California. Yes. yes. What were some of your concerns or, you know, big pressures upon opening a small business at the end of last year and was global
1: pandemic among them? <laughs> um it was so many things. It was like such a nerve wracking but exciting endeavor. And I think it just felt really organic. I mean I think um my departure from my previous studio was just really all about um personal growth and i was getting some really interesting opportunities at the time and i i not to like toot my own horn but i definitely think like the last 3 years in retrospect i've i've been thinking about it a lot have felt like very like grind years um and so this like new studio was kind of my way of feeling like okay i can slow things down and whatever stresses or issues that i'm going to encounter at least they'll be mine and that felt really, really good. I've never had that before. Um, I've learned a lot. I think I was probably most concerned that people would follow me, but I've, you know, my clients are, I'm so lucky. My, all of my clients end up basically becoming my friends and I feel like I've established a really tight community and I'm so, so grateful. And I, I, was just so, I I was just like in awe and everything just like transitioned really beautifully. And I have a studio mate that's really wonderful who I've known for like close to five years now. And um, yeah, it was just all about creating this space that was really for ourselves and that didn't feel competitive or claustrophobic. And I'm just, I've been so, so happy. I It kind of sucks because I think February came around and I had just gone on this like, pretty great research trip to Mexico. And I came back super ready with like a lot of momentum. And then, you know, uh, COVID started really hitting the media. And yeah, it's it's a really crazy time. I mean, our building shut down. I have not given a facial since the second week of March. So this is probably like the most time I've taken away um, from not being in a studio and not give, performing facials. Um, but that's also allowed me to focus on other things too. So it's it's like, I have been keeping busy as much as I can, but also like you were saying, like, I'm trying not to let that like productivity stamp get to me. Cause like the first two weeks of Corona, I was feeling really shitty. I was just, I mean, as, as I'm sure everybody was, I was anxious. I, I was freaking out. I was like, oh my God, unemployment grants, loans, like what is all of this? And then uh, just kind of shifted my perspective and I'm counting on my blessings and, you know, I'm good. My studio is going to be fine. Family's good. So that's really what's kind of like kept me going through this time.
0: Totally. Well, I'm glad to hear that you're using the time in that way. And that, I mean, I relate to this, the uncertainty aspect, which I'm sure many people are, um, where like I feel a lot of ambiguity about my employment status. I think that's kind of the freelance way is you kind of, it's like unclear, you know, Um, especially when you're working with like nimble, creative teams on like super, you know, when I use language like that, you know, I'm talking tech. And so it's like when you're working with teams that, suddenly have huge priorities besides what you're offering the company to you know what I mean in my experience because of everything you just mentioned loans and financing and like forecasting whether anything's gonna stay alive and all that um suddenly I was kind of feeling like hey do I um do I work yeah. but uh it's I relate in the same way of like at, of just having something that's your own like This podcast is so, it's so personal, you know, to me, like it's, it's such a blessing that anyone's going to listen to this (laughs) Um, because it's such a fun communion time for me with my friend and someone who I revere as an expert in this field, like of beauty, which is my lifelong obsession. But at the same time, it feels like my cute little small business too, because it's just mine, you know? Yeah.
1: And I think like more than ever, we need these out like this for you is, you know, your media, this podcast for you is just such an extent. It's not even an extension. Like it is. So, I mean, you're a writer, you're an actor, like this is just all an extension of that. So I think, yeah, I mean, it's weird. It's like uncertainty and, you know, even I've always been freelance too. So it's just kind of like, yeah, it's a funky time just thinking about how things are going to be. And I, I've realized that if I think about the future is that's when I start to get really overwhelmed. So I really actually am trying to just go day by day. And that's been helping my overall anxiety a lot too, where it's just like, I just think it's a very, I think when you come from like I'm come from like a lower middle class background. And so it's like my entire life has always been about like working and saving money and like savings account and like don't have debt. And it's kind of hard to apply those like rules and morals that like I brought from my family. And it's just kind of like I've sort of had to throw that out the window just for my own survival, because it's like I just have to believe that everything's gonna like pick up and I'll be okay and maybe I won't have to get like a second job somewhere you know so it's just really like a day-by-day thing and I think that uh doing creative projects different outlets doing things that you're interested in that maybe you didn't have as much time to focus on um are kind of sort of saving the day for me right now so that feels really good
0: I grew up in a lower middle class family, too, but not one with rules and morals, (laughs) not financially, at least.
1: That's Um, good. I have so much family ancestral money trauma, my Theta Healer was telling me.
0: Me, too. But uh, check out Beth Pickens' episode of Tyranny Talks for more details. But I think, like, I hear what you're saying because your instinct is to just, like, want to have—like, I'm sure you want to save every— Dollar you yeah. have right now, right um, and it's like from that kind of ethic, you're feeling like you really don't know if you'll ever be able to replace it, where like exactly. the kind of money family dynamic I um grew up with is very much like easy come easy go uh gotta <laughs> like gotta live good while you're here, and we'll see how it falls in, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, but I think also, like you mentioned, it's one of the reasons that I get to be in such a good mood is because I have a ton of privilege, you know, I live rent free in my parents' house in LA and like, just to have a home like that you could live in for free in the city that you actually want to live in, um, is the hugest privilege because that's why I'm not you know, worried as fuck about whether or not I I do have a job or not. You know what I mean? Right. Like, because I can believe with this kind of magical thinking logic that like more jobs are going to come because I know they are going to come because I love working and I'm good at what I do. And I've earned the privileges of that kind of like, presumably a network or like opportunities for me, you know, but mm-hmm. like at the same time, that could be a gross like underestimation of what's to come as a fallout from all this or blah, blah, blah. So who knows?
1: Yeah. Who knows? We'll we'll be okay. I mean, I think as long as we just like adapt and evolve and better ourselves as like humans, I think we're going to be okay.
0: But a lot of people are online shopping a lot. Um, despite... Oh, wow. Do you relate to that? Or are you like, what are y'all doing?
1: I yeah well funny thing about me is this is probably like the most unmillennial thing about me is that I actually I do not online shop. I don't I don't like it, especially clothes. And and that probably has something to do with like old body dysmorphia shit that I still have to unpack, but I Just don't find online shopping for clothes, like, fun. In fact, it, like, actually usually puts me in a really bad mood. And the only thing that I'm shopping for online at this point, like, if I do, it's usually, like, I don't know, like, a Le Creuset, like, like, cookware brings me a lot of joy right now. Like, homie shit, you know? Totally.
0: Well, that's what I'm saying. I'm like, well, you don't have to buy clothes, babe. People are ordering all sorts of shit.
1: Yeah, well, I think it's crazy, like, online. I mean, it's, like... This time is really just, like, are we, are all brick and mortars just going to disappear? Because at this point, it's, like, we're going to have a few months under our belt of just basically being at home and not having access to, like, a department store. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, like, really interesting. I mean, I think that it's always been in that direction. And I happen to have a partner who literally does this for a living who, like, his entire career has been on online e-commerce stuff. So it's just really interesting. Like I, this, if anything, I think with COVID, I think that'll probably catalyze like a whole nother, like, I don't know. I feel like it's just going to be all digital virtual shopping. Who knows?
0: I mean, I feel like I was holding off on online shopping for a really long time. um, In comparison, but like just to a lot of people, but sorry i'm like looking at something um i feel like i didn't used to shop online much but then the evolution of it just meant that in stores there was such little product even in stores where they would deem like size inclusivity or options um most of the time that's only going to be online and like Even department stores, so much more of their inventory is online than what you would get in the department store that eventually I got a lot more used to it. And then I made the risky choice of directly linking, like, my PayPal to um, e-commerce stuff. So now it's just a one-click decision. (gasps) I don't have to go get my debit card. right? Um, And... Yeah, I've bought a couple things and I was going to share them with you. <laughs> Please do. I also think like if you have money to spend on non-essentials, I definitely implore you to match whatever you spend on extras in donation. So maybe with that in mind, like doubling the cost of whatever you want to match with a donation might prohibit you from like buying anything altogether. Um, but it also mean you're helping people out when you do buy Um Okay. So one thing I bought is the Noto Botanics Resurfacing Scrub, which is your fault because you're the one who um, recommended it so highly. So can you tell me why? Because I trusted you.
1: Ugh, I. It's funny. I am always looking for exfoliators and I'm not going to lie. I think probably even our first podcast, I even was kind of like, yeah, I'm not into physical exfoliators right now, but that's always evolving. And I think there's always a time and place for beautiful physical exfoliators. And um, I was at the note luckily, I was able to go to the storefront in Highland Park. Um, and I was sitting down with Gloria and I was just like, this is, I don't know how, but this is such an experiential product. And I use that word a lot when I talk about skincare because the second when I tried it, and I'd heard great things about it already, it was just, so incredibly refreshing. It was kind of like, it literally wakes you up when you use it. And I think the color is also really gorgeous. Like it looks kind of like a, like smoky paprika, cumin kind of thing. And it just feels very earthly. And the base of it is made out of walnut shell. So I will say if you have like nut allergies or if you have, have a topical nut allergy, look into that but it just, I love it so much. I mix it with either, um, the wash, the Noto to face wash or any other cleanser that you're using. It's just like a very universal product. You can make your, you can use a little bit on your body. I actually, I like shaved my legs for the first time yesterday and I, uh, any excess that I use, I just like use it on my calves and thighs or like bikini area. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just so versatile and I just, I really, I have not gotten so much joy out of using a product uh, like that in a while. So yeah, oh my props God. That. I, just, I can't wait for it to come. <laughs> it's so refreshing. It's just so lovely.
0: Experiential is what I'm purchasing when I've selected to make these beauty purchases in the last few weeks because the thought is like, what do I want to experience while at home? Like I've been using the Eucalyptus Necessaire Body Wash, which Uh you had recommended. And I still don't think that personally I can invest much into luxury body care. Yeah. But but the Eucalyptus scent is so invigorating that it feels really experiential and kind of wakes me up. So pairing it with this is going to be amazing.
1: Oh, you're going to love it.
0: And we're saying Noto, N-O-T-O, Botanics. So you can go to NotoBotanics.com or Noto underscore Botanics on Instagram to check out the brand. It's sort of, it says um, that Noto believes in self-identification and expression for all. So it's very genderless, very queer and fun and playful, but also, which I'm sure you can speak to better than me, Andrea, the products are formulated with a lot of care.
1: Definitely. And you know, uh Noto's vegan, cruelty free. And for us, it's like it's female owned and it's local. Like there I've I've known Gloria for a few years now. Um and I first got introduced to Noto when I was working for Cat Beauty three years ago. And at the time the range was a lot smaller, but um they had these like uh, they're called the Multi Bene stains, which is kind of more of their like makeup stuff. And I remember being like, "Oh my gosh, this is so smart! Like I can use it on my lips, cheeks, eyelid, like literally, you name it." Um, so it's been really amazing to see, you know, the evolution of Noto, and and that goes with any, you know, like any small kind of green beauty company. It's you know, it's tough. Like I there's so much competition now, but I think that it's, you know, if your message and intention, it comes from like such a genuine place. Like there's no question. And I think noto really like exemplifies that. And that's why they're, you know, growing, um, so rapidly. So it's pretty cool. Definitely support, support. So is it
0: sustainable for me to shop locally
1: for that scrub? I think so. Yeah. It's literally coming from downtown LA, if not closer. So pretty cool. Okay, next on the list of shit I bought
0: is the Boob Dust and Thigh Rescue from Mega Babe, which (sighs) I'm kind of embarrassed to say because I guess it's like an anti-chafing product, but to me, it just feels like these are going to give my body the, like, silkiness that I'm looking for, especially while lounging or, like, sitting around my house all day.
1: For sure. I actually, I, unfortunately, I've, never tried any of the Mega Bay products, but when they came out, I was just like, finally, finally. <laughs> like, I just love the whole narrative and the, like, the messaging is so good. And honestly, like, um, I could have used the chafing product literally, like, 15 fucking years ago. So I just think about all the time, like, oh, my God. Like, walking through Disneyland on a hot day where I'm like, I... I'm creating the biggest friction in between my thighs. Like, oh my God. It's genius. I can't believe no one's even really obviously like baby powder was like an old DIY thing, but it's like that rub that used to rub off on me in like five minutes because I just sweat so much.
0: logically so, can you explain the purpose of these kind of
1: products
0: or the kind of product you would have
1: needed at Disneyland? Yeah, I think that um like topically I actually just had sort of an experience like this yesterday. I was wearing when it gets hot, or, um, if you're not like one of those people who just has a lot of, a uh, like a big thigh gap, essentially, like for me, it was always like, I've just have always been such a sweater. And I think we've talked about this in another podcast. Like I actually like sweat a lot in my underarms and like my bikini area. So chafing what happens there, it's like, your skin just ends up getting really hot, essentially overheated, and it causes friction. So when that friction happens over time, let's say you're walking for 20, 30 minutes, that's essentially like you're creating sort of like, you know, like a topical, like uh Combustion. Rash. Yeah, combustion. Exactly. Perfect word. And so for some, like for me, I would always get really spotty and really raw, which sucks because it hurts. Or like just like... um I don't know if this was just me, but I remember growing up, I would get like kind of dark patches in between, like, and I'm talking like very like, like vulva meets like inner thigh area. Like if I, it was like, it was like a darkened, like a darkened blister. And it was just like irritated skin from walking a lot or being like really hot. Um, so I think literally like a gliding product. And then I remember my cousin had given me this, like, she was like, just put deodorant in between your, and your thighs. And that worked. But I remember being like, ill. like it felt really like silicone-y and that made me freak out. So I would always put like baby powder just to kind of like soak up sweat, which still works. But I mean, I don't know. I feel like my experience is common and I'm sure a lot of people get sweaty in between their their legs. Like it's not, you know, and what sucks is I feel like that somehow got like classified as like a, like a, like a body thing. Like, Oh, it's only fat people, thing, only yeah. fat people like, and it's like, uh, I mean, I've been all different sizes and weights my entire life. My weight's always, it's really, really fluctuated, but I still, I literally still get that like to the, if it's hot enough and I, and your body temperature <laughs> is hot, which yeah. like, I am always hot. I'm, it's very rare that I'm cold. It's, I literally chafe.
0: <laughs> also, people can be quite skinny and still have huge boobs. Shout out I, Michelle Badia once again. True. Yes. Um, and so the busta, so that you use the two, the term, um, I'm kind of forgetting now slider or like basically like, the thigh rescue is a
1: stick like a gliding Oh yeah, product. glider yeah. yeah yeah um
0: so the thigh rescue looks like a deodorant but it's this like chamomile and aloe vera and oily kind of stick and then the boob dust is a different it's more of like a small um pump applicator that just gives you a sprinkle of talc free powder um to put kind of like almost in your bra or like under your boobs because um, that's one of the things I'm most excited about is um, like p- people's bra sweat is such a vibe, especially if you live in the valley and it's hot oh, as fuck already sure. today. It's like, you know, getting up there this week. So um, it's not a beauty. I'm pretty excited because it's like beauty products that are actually meeting specific needs that are unmet right now. And like growing up, my mom is a someone who just religiously before she lotions powders her entire body with Johnson and Johnson cornstarch powder every day, Uh which I know I told you before, but since then the whole Johnson and Johnson lawsuit and like claims of major, like, Oh, I think ovarian cancer and other major health issues, especially among women, um, claiming because of their Johnson and Johnson products. So like, I'm just wondering, is talc part of that? Why is it so good that this powder is talc free or like, do you avoid talc?
1: Yes, I, that's like one of the biggest things that I always tell, um, people when buying makeup, like talc, you're not really going to see a lot of talc in like skincare per se. Um, but like, uh, for example, going to call them out, um, bare minerals, I never really understood their whole messaging because their whole thing is like, we're like clean makeup. And it's just the name alone, bare minerals, makes it sound so incredibly attractive Mm -hmm. um, that it's like clean and it's mineral based. Well, I remember going to Sephora again. I might be a little outdated, like maybe two, three years ago. um, First ingredient, talc. And it's like, talc is so incredibly it's clogging in like a very big picture way. So like talc basically prohibits sweating from happening or like perspiration, which ties into deodorants as well. And, and baby powder. So you basically like when you put talc on, it's almost like you're like priming your skin so that nothing can come out. Nothing can expel from your pores, which in theory, it's like, yeah, sometimes we all need moments of that. Like if you're, you know, doing a performance or whatever, and you literally can't sweat, but it's like, think about how incredibly sad that is for your pores and for your skin being the biggest organ that it is. So like, I always tell people, like, if there's, if you're using a major talc product, you're not, you're essentially like stopping your skin from breathing. So definitely wow. look out for talc when you're purchasing makeup and then I mean all of these new baby powders have come out i I have one that I got from my local health food store and it's talc free and it's usually like um like tapioca like it, they're always very creative like like a cornstarch or cornmeal just sort of natural alternatives that aren't um you know as clogging essentially so like definitely I definitely think talc-free is extremely important and that's a really good question because I feel like no one really talks about it but um yeah look for that in makeup and body products that it's talc-free thank
0: you and if anyone wants hand sanitizer mega babe also makes their own I got a huge pump bottle which is nice if you want to keep it near the entrance of your living space or in your car um wherever central to you and I know they do a lot of stuff to make sure it's, like, very cleansing while also um, nourishing your hands because I know people's hands are getting super dry from all the cleaning. And the last beauty purchase I made is Viviscal, which is a notorious hair growth supplement.
1: Ooh, I don't know this one, so tell me about it.
0: Well, I remember I watched a literal infomercial About it a few years ago, and I'm pretty sure it's Molly Sims, who was like the big spokesperson. Mm -hmm. Um, And then afterward, I would see it in some fashion magazines, like kind of like the Harper's Bazaar type ones um, as an ad with her. And it was the claims are that it's a French formula that models in the 90s would constantly you know, uh, stock up on while working in France and bring back because their hair has to go through so much processing and coloring, um, you know, in their line of work. And so I was always curious about it. I really wanted it. And then I don't know how it came up, but your friend and my friend, uh, hair stylist and colorist and artist, really, Danny Moon Um, He recommended it to me last time I was at his salon hair in the arts district in L.A. And like once I heard this expert verify it, I was so excited to finally get it.
1: Wow. Now I feel like I need it now.
0: Your hair is like literally to your ass and is so heavy that you can hardly wear a (laughs) ponytail.
1: (laughs) I know my goal though is you like still I, get it though. <laughs> I want it I actually I mean it's I want it to actually hit my ass and then I want to do something drastic to it. But it's a lot of all the people who grow out their hair, wow, like it is the amount of hair and conditioner I use per shower is sort of next level. Like it's actually not really I don't know, it's not like affordable. <laughs> totally,
0: especially with the caliber of products. You use like my shower still has a bottle of um, herbal essences that I still use every few days. But mm-hmm. typically, what right before uh, we started sheltering in place here, I had got Olaplex, the shampoo and conditioner, but... I kind of misunderstood the process because I only purchased number four and five, which is the shampoo and conditioner. Uh-huh. And you're supposed to also get number three, which I think is the big repair, which is what I was most interested in, um, which you leave as a mask for 10 minutes before shampooing and conditioning. But even though those products are really expensive, you're only supposed to use like a pea or less. But when my hair is getting long now, it's like. How am I supposed to only use that much?
1: Yeah, I literally, yeah, that's, I've always wanted to try Olaplex, but then I was kind of like, I'm not really, I haven't used color in a re- or I haven't done color to my hair, but it just the name itself. It's so there's something about it that makes you just want to buy it. Cause you're like, I feel like Olaplex was like this. Thing that was like sort of not really known but like if you went to a good hair color store like that's the secret you know um, totally and now it's like so much more available which is cool but that is interesting that the shampoo and conditioner would be like the last two steps I mean I guess it makes sense but it also in my head it would be like just get the shampoo and conditioner, right?
0: Oh, you guys should just make it freaking clear on the Sephora <laughs> website. What the fuck? Like, I was pissed. I was like, I've been waiting to try Olaplex for two years, and now I'm not even doing it right. So that's kind of why I didn't want to use it so much during the first part of quarantine. Um, because I was like, I'm not even effectively using the system, so I might as well just use herbal essences. But then I was showering every single day because... Um, like, for entertainment, for fun, and for, like, spiritual and therapeutic reset. Um, and I was washing with herbal essences every day for, like, two weeks. My hair started looking so bad. So <laughs> um, I-, I pivoted to the real stuff.
1: <laughs> it's interesting because I, I mean, when I, Costco's one of my favorite stores ever. Out, we're
0: both club members. Hell yeah
1: literally like I buy the, I usually will buy like whatever big ass conditioner they have, like a few weeks before, um, stay at home was in place. I bought like a big thing of Carol's daughter shampoo and conditioner and I'm an OG Carol's daughter. In fact, that's kind Mm -hmm. of, it's so funny when Adam and I first met, that's what bonded us together cuz we were using the same hair product. My life revolves so it. much around product. It's hilarious.
0: And they and, met at the Aesop store.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, talk about a skincare love story. Um I was really excited cuz I have always loved Curl's Daughter and I it's really really great for, you know, anyone who has like a lot of hair and just has really thirsty hair, which is me. And um but I knew that since then that Carol's daughter had been sold like L'Oreal, um, bought it out. So I haven't used it yet. Cause I'm literally, tr- I use every single sample that I'm giving. That's like another goal of mine during this time. Like I'm trying to use every single sample I've ever been given. And I just finished like a Davinus, which I have to say, I didn't like it at first. And then it started growing on me more, but mm-hmm. I feel like it leaves a weird kind of like texture, like almost like a film on my hair. But I don't know if that's like supposed to happen because it's like a it's the love conditioner and it's supposed to be really, really hydrating. So I think now my hair's used to it and I feel like it it does look really good. But honestly, I'm really excited to use Carol's daughter again.
0: Carol's daughter. Um, Yeah, I remember reading about that brand, like either in Allure and or Oprah magazine and real simple, like all these old lady magazines I would read as a youth. And it was still sort of this boutique brand. And um, I was wondering what happened. I should have put together that someone like L'Oreal had bought it out because at Target now you'll see the full line, like many, 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 many products, Um, whereas before it was a little bit smaller and like more boutique to access.
1: Yeah, there's actually, I'm going to just plug it here because we're on a podcast, but um, I'm blanking on her name, but her story is really, really incredible. She literally started Carol's daughter out of her kitchen and apartment um, mm-hmm. over like a course of like 15, 20 years. Um, I think in Brooklyn, if I'm not mistaken, but if you want to hear about Carol's daughter um NPR how I built this, there's an amazing episode um, featuring her and it's just a really amazing story. And this is what's cool about Carol's daughter is it really just exemplifies one of those brands that was not, it was really rooted in natural, um, botanical ingredients and also for people of color. Um, so, and we're talking to, you know, textured hair, um, frizzy hair. So like as a consumer, I was like, Oh, like, Oh my gosh, there's a line, you know, this is like, it was pretty revolutionary so definitely listen to that if you get a chance
0: yes how i built this with lisa price who is carol's daughter um that was her
1: mom so that's one of my favorite episodes
0: i love it um also just in the world of beauty news like acquisition talk and history is so interesting to me i know we've talked about two faced in the past um and that kind of brand story uh, but like It's just really interesting to hear how some of these, um, you know, very one person operations at times uh, transform into strong companies and then they get bought by these like giants. And it's just such a I mean, this is your industry for me. It's kind of like instead of looking at the stocks, I just look at those things.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I've asked myself that question. I'm like, if I ever get to that point where it's like, there's a big, you know, like the SD Lauder and the L'Oreal's of the world, what does that decision look like? I mean, it must be, and she, she talks about it. It was, you know, it's obviously probably one of the biggest decisions of her life. So I don't know. There's so much that goes into it. I just, I think from being so in it, I think it would be hard for me to let go of, a baby and to see it sort of like adapt to a, like a big box company. Cause I think that's where like a lot of like formulations kind of go down. Like you can feel the quality go down. I mean, I, it's really like an example of that is La Mer. like La Mer, old La Mer, like I'm talking 15 years ago, La Mer was so insane. And now I think Estee Lauder bought it. And, no shade to that. I mean, they still have a cult following and people really love it, but it's just like some of the ingredients in their moisturizers are actually like next level. It's like mineral oil, palm oil, like the shittiest, most crappiest ingredients you can think of are packed in there. So it's just kind of funny. Yeah.
0: Well, that's funny because you mentioned that they still have this like huge brand loyalty, but a lot of that marketing value and devotion from consumers is probably still resting in the previous product formulation because people like us were reading Us Weekly and shit and like learning about La Mer when we're in fifth grade and that's not the product that we could purchase now which actually makes sense because I've never owned a La Mer product and I've never wanted to
1: <laughs> yeah yeah I I also think like um La Mer to me has always seemed like a line that's so much more suitable for like people with dry skin or like just not, I've always been an oily person. So I'm just like, uh, right, so it doesn't even like attract me as a consumer. Does that make sense? Like, yeah. I don't, I don't need like a heavy ass cream at night. Cause I like to layer my products, you know, whereas like, I don't know, someone like actually Adam. me who, Yeah. Yeah. You like. <laughs> Loves, like, the heavier, the thicker, like, the better. But I'm, like, that's just not – I'm just not interested in it.
0: Yeah, it makes sense because of different skin types. And then also um, my go-to moisturizer for probably the last six months, I'm on my second bottle, is um, Youth to the People Adaptogen Deep Moisture Cream, um, which is still kind of light feeling, even though it's more rich than their – kind of like kale smoothie, lighter hydrator. Um, but I my skincare is different where like for a lot of my life, I would just wash my face and then put a cream. And now I am layering products sometimes, not lately that much, um, but I'm typically layering a number of things if I'm bothering to do anything. So I can enjoy the deep moisture cream without feeling like it's not enough.
1: Exactly. Like that cream has actually like really improved my skin tremendously. And I love the feeling of layering just like a beautiful oil on top of it. Oh, it just feels so good. Yeah. I, I, I like lighter weight stuff and then being able like less dense. And then I like working up to a, a higher density, if that makes sense. But some people love slathering on like super dense, you know, like a high packed serum. That's like, you know, more lotion, kind of, like, more lotion base, and then a heavy moisturizer, you know, so every, to each their own. There's, like, totally. really no wrong way of layering, really.
0: I would love to try an extremely thick, almost cold, puffy, pillowy moisturizer. That, to me, is the ultimate, like, experiential luxury. And I think it's because I'm – my whole life I've felt like I've had this, like, chapped red – facial look <laughs> rosacea um mm-hmm. i don't know you know i told you i always was self-diagnosed rosacea and my parents would just laugh and cackle <laughs> that i like picked up the vocabulary word from commercials uh-huh. and now i was like bro i really have rosacea was correct um but i think something that you like about the deep moisture cream you to the people is that it's kind of taken down some inflammation for you definitely um, what does that mean? Like when we talk about facial inflammation in your case, at least like, what are you talking about?
1: Um, I'm talking about like a topical sort of discoloration that is a little bit more red than the rest of sort of your facial skin tone. So like for me and kind of for you too, like I feel like our inflammation is a lot more in like our cheeks. Yeah. Um, And like, that's always sort of been my kind of like problem area. And there's also like, there's a lot of layers too. It's like, if you really, like, if I really zoom up on my skin in the mirror, it's a a little combination of like, like topical rosacea, like little inflammation, which is partially going to be like gut related. And I I've gotten confirmed from my acupuncturist uh, that I have a lot, I have a lot of dampness in my gut. So like that creates an imbalance there. So and that manifests a lot through inflammation. So I have like a lot of heat in my system. Um, so there's that, but then there's also like, uh, if you look up really closely in the mirror, uh, there's little sort of like dilated capillaries known as telangiectasia, um, that add, that can add to sort of like the overall rosacea, um, look of your skin. So I have a little bit of that. And that's just like over people ask me all the time, like, how do I get rid of those little veins? And honestly, like most of it's hereditary. And um, the only way to really address that is through a laser treatment, um, which I don't even really know how popular that is now but you can get them addressed uh through a laser treatment so like for me it's a little bit of that it's like rosacea and just a little bit of those like red dilated capillaries that kind of add to my overall um like rosacea prone cheeks
0: tell us that vocabulary word again tell
1: Telangiectasia, I know. Telangiectasia,
0: which is the the broken capillaries that give some redness. Do Mm -hmm. I have a lot of that? Because I feel like I do. I
1: I feel like you have some a little bit around like, you know, where the nose wall transitions into the cheek. That's where like nine, I would say like nine out of 10 people have it. That's where I have it. And a lot of that also comes with, um, you know, if you've self extracted, like in high school, I would really try to, I would take a. So bad, but it was DIY. I would take a I would like put steam over my face out of the shower mm-hmm. and then I would take a bobby pin and Same. Like that. Yeah. yeah. And just like scrape the shit out of my nose, which was again probably led to more of those dilated capillaries. I see. You know, so it's kind of over time and it's a little bit of sun exposure too. So there's just like a yeah. lot of factors to inflammation, but a huge part of it is um gut health and internal internal wellness. Do you think that I have redness from good health? I mean, you, I feel like you don't really have issues with, like, pH balance,
0: right? I think mine is just sun stuff. Yeah, yeah. You're a total sun baby. I Yeah. And I've been irresponsibly outside. Like, I haven't worn sunscreen or exfoliated from, like, March 11th to, like, Saturday of this, you know, like, April 19th or 18th so um I'm kind of like I'm on my way back up
1: <laughs> I there fell off go. yeah but you know yeah. I, I believe in falling off me too I you know I haven't been wearing today I'm wearing sunscreen but I haven't I've just been all about letting my skin breathe like zero makeup right. I'm not I think People probably think I spent a lot of time like in front of the mirror doing my skincare and I'm in and out the door, except at night, if I'm doing like a mask or exfoliation that takes a, l- a little bit longer, but I like, I cleanse, don't hydrate baby. Like I'm out the door. Like I'm not a big dweller at looking at my skin in the mirror, mm-hmm. like up closely. I think that's one that's really easy to spiral down. But I think so now rough. more than ever, it's like so good to give your skin a break from even sunscreen.
0: Yeah, because I just don't want to have to take it off, which is lazy, but this is also the first day I'm wearing contacts in three weeks, which is definitely, like, the longest I've gone since high school or middle school, probably. I guess I got contacts in college, so, um, yeah, it's just funny to just have nothing to do um and i don't think it means necessarily that you hate yourself or that you're depressed it's no. okay to be a beauty lover with shifting priorities especially in pandemic um but i don't want to get too ahead of myself because a related listener question was i have so much redness
1: you can barely see my freckles how do i address it interesting that's a really good question well kind of just going back to what i was saying it's like uh you can't, redness is so bad, I can't see my freckles. So immediately I'm thinking, obviously getting the right kind of topicals. And in fact, to that listener, even the deep moisture adaptogen cream that we were talking about from each of the people might be a really good fit for you. So kind of starting there. Um, and then if redness is pretty severe, I mean, there's definitely a scale, then I would definitely look at what's going on internally. Um I think for like rosacea, it's really, really important to pay attention to dairy and gluten intake. And I mean, that's even really hard for me, but I have started to make those kind of switches too. And I definitely have noticed when I eat less dairy, I've noticed that I get Less of that redness, for sure. So I would look at dairy and gluten intake, and also sugar. Sugar is like the big one that just really—if you think of your body, like systemically, sugar just really loves to feed on. Um, basically, like it—it's like sugar is what literally propels like inflammation and like pre-aging spots. So it's like I would. I always tell people to look at their sugar intake too. Um, But topically, let's go back to the product recommendations. You want to look for um, products that are really soothing, super calming. So like cleansing milks, cleansing jellies are going to be really, really good. Um, Kind of starting light and then working your way up is what I would sort of advise in terms of like with rosacea, I would say start more simple and then kind of work work your way up to more products. But I really think it's like you could do something as simple as like a gentle cleansing milk, like the one Biosia that I use is amazing for rosacea. Um, doing like a very simple rose water toner, fantastic for redness. Um, and then see how your skin kind of does. I mean, you kind of want it, it's not going to go away in like a day, but your goal is to continuously see progress in redness. So definitely check out that U to the People moisturizer too. And there's also this other line that I've talked about before. It's one of my brands that I always suggest for rosacea prone skin, and it's called PAI, P A I. And they're a, UK based brand. Fantastic. They have a sub range called instant calm and they, that includes a moisturizer, a toner and a serum. Um, really, really, really good for rosacea. So I would start there and, but really pay attention to your internal health as well.
0: Thank you. Um, it's funny because I think before I began getting facials with you and then of course, talking about skincare more from there, I never imagined it possible that my skin type wouldn't just be pink, red. Uh-huh. Like, it was, like, I always... Because my skin is pretty... um, My skin's pretty calm. You know what I mean? Like, it's not... I don't have a lot of acne. Um, I never had a really problematic skin. But... um, So I always felt like I was pretty... Not broken out. But then once I kind of became aware that the inflammation and like pigmentation could be something I controlled or manipulated or whatever, it was like so exciting. Like Mm -hmm. I just never thought that I would have this little redness that I have right now. Um, even though it's increasing by the moment as I stay inside eating sugar.
1: Um, that's so good. That makes me so happy. And yeah, I mean, I guess we'll definitely say like getting facial, you know, you take such good care of your skin and you get facials, um, regularly. So that helps too. Um, and yeah, I also think it's, that's, I'm like what you said about how you just, I think also your skin naturally has a lot of really gorgeous, like pinky orangey undertones. So like, I guess what I'm getting at is like, don't be too hard on yourselves out there. Like for any of you who feel like you're a little bit red, like a lot of it might just be like, it it could be rosacea, right? But then like underneath, like recognize that maybe your skin tone has a lot of like orange or pinky hues that like kind of add to it, but it's not necessarily anything that's like wrong with your skin. It's just sort of what, you know, what your DNA is all about. But um, yeah, I think that, with rosacea, I think I see so much more concerned around it. And I think a lot of that has sort of also originated from like, I think when we go put ourselves through like a lot of stress and anxiety, I feel like there's got to be a direct, there is a direct correlation to rosacea and inflammation because inflammation is just generally, I feel like the number one thing in our bodies that like, can tell us like, oh, my muscles hurt or like my knee looks really puffy and inflamed. Like inflammation tells you so much about your body, like not just your skin. Like it's really mm-hmm. kind of amazing how smart the body is. So I think just like paying attention to that is really key.
0: Last night I tried a sheet mask by Bebo, which is a cannabis line. Um, I've tried their, sorry, Bebo's a cannabis line that makes really cute slim potent and party friendly um weed vapes and pastilles is that how you say that word I know you've lived in France before (laughs) Uh, that sounds good to me yeah okay so the weed products are really good um and Liz Goldwyn my good friend put me on a long time ago um but I had never tried their beauty products until last night, but once again, Liz in a gift bag for her um, company, the sex ed gave away these masks, which have 50 milligrams of CBD, as well as some plant extracted AHAs, vitamin C ceramides. Algae, um, all these good things. And I definitely after using the mask for just about twenty five minutes, um, it's full of a serum that gets deposited into your face, but it's not a super wet mask like the Dr. Jart ones. Um, it kind of dries up and you know when to take it off. I definitely saw an instant decrease in the redness of my skin. So I was wondering, um, is some of the C B D balancing
1: my skin out there, you think? Definitely. Um- I think it's funny. I really I have that cheat mask I need to remember to do it, but um absolutely. And like in honor of like four twenty, I think that it's really kind of crazy. I feel like C B D for a while, a few years ago, I remember thinking, like, I wonder if this is really just kind of like a fad or if it's gonna go anywhere. But I feel like cannabis research is just like always evolving and expanding. And I I had the pleasure of trying two CBD products. Um I have a old co co-worker, co-worker actually um, who developed um this oil called Balance, and that's a CBD oil-infused facial oil. And then I've also um have done some work with Vina uh, Vena CBD, and they have a tincture and both oils. I I'm hesitant because I it's funny because CBD is like very, very suitable for rosacea or inflammation. But um, my experience with CBD formally hasn't been kind of my favorite thing. So, but I've been doing this thing where I will mix a CBD oil tincture with my facial oil. um, And the tincture is actually meant to be ingested. So kind of interesting. And I feel like when I put that on, I'll do that maybe like once or twice a week. And I, the next day I wake up and I really feel like you can see a difference in inflammation. Like it's essentially, it almost works as like an eraser. It's like essentially kind of like non existent the next day. So I'm definitely way cool more. Hack. Yeah, for sure. Like, Because the tinctures, CBD tinctures, like Vena's CBD tincture is the base's MCT oil, which is a derivative of coconut oil. Yeah. So at first I was kind of like, I don't know how I feel about putting this because my skin's a little funny with coconut oil sometimes. But I added a drop or two, and I have to say, like the next day, I felt like my skin looked really radiant. And then with my other, um, my friend's line um, balanced, that is already. Already, that's a proper facial oil, so it has some other ingredients and carrier oils as well. So, I've been really liking both. Um, so I'm I'm getting more into CBD. Uh, I can't wait to try the Bebo mask, though. I've heard so many great things, and I love that they've added AHAs and ceramides. So you're getting your like exfoliation, and then you're getting like a nice soothing factor with those ceramides. Um, and so algae. That's, it
0: also, yeah. has that word. I have a hard time saying
1: niacinamide niacinamide uh uh-huh niacinamide um yeah i'm loving it yeah the niacinamide is so great for preventing breakouts essentially um niacinamide is a derivative of vitamin b3 so it's like very um it's very smoothing and it's it's just great for um preventing acne
0: I want to try the full face system because they have, you know, the big thing about cannabis is they always talk about the entourage effect, which is just the fact that like the presence of THC enables the CBD molecules to like engage better with your body because of the THC's right. entourage effect. And so this Bebo basically markets their skincare line as an entourage system in and of itself, which has the serum, the cream, and the masks all using these ingredients and saying that, like, you know, mirroring each other helps it out. We'll see. I feel a little product shopping, product shopping out um, because I kind of had meant to invert this. So I hope you're still listening and don't think we're just consumer capitalist whores. Um, (laughs) Yeah. I want to talk about all the th- ways we can be good to ourselves. Um, how can we treat ourselves with like offer ourselves some peace, give ourselves some beauty treatments or pleasure at home? Um, obviously, none of us are going out and spending money on beauty treatments or receiving them from our friends. So what are some basic things we can all do at home um, to feel like we're giving ourselves some extra love?
1: Um definitely I mean it goes as simple as like just doing a weekly mask like I know I think a hydrating mask like for me that feels so so amazing especially one that I can like leave on overnight um I think now is really the time to even just really do little things that maybe like if you're super on the go I think skincare you can make it experiential for yourself so like masking I take a deep, like I find so much calmness and like release when I exfoliate my skin. It's like such an invigorating feeling. So I think even like, you know, dedicating, giving yourself one to two times per week to do that. I think in the more kind of ritualistic sense, I think, um, I've been sharing a lot of videos on my IGTV about facial massage techniques. And I think that is something that's pretty much as like good as you can kind of get right now. I mean, it definitely, you know, like I love giving those facial massages to you as my client. Um, but doing that for yourself is so so incredible and I think um I tap into a little bit about, you know, like chakra and opening your third eye chakra um and pressure points and I think that is a great way of also kind of you know, tapping into seeing where you are mentally. I, I feel like there's certainly a lot of places on the face and back of the neck jawline where we hold a lot of tension as humans. So like giving yourself that extra touch along your face is like really a big deal. Cause if you think about it, it's like on a daily basis, aside from washing your face, like our facial muscles And the geometry of our face just isn't really, doesn't really lend to any kind of like massage or touch Mm -hmm. really, if you think about it. So I think diving into that and whether you feel comfortable using your hands or a gua sha tool, or if you don't have any of those, you can use a a spoon and you can put that in the refrigerator. Um, Anything that really helps to create some type of movement on the face, I think is kind of a really big game changer um yeah and just yes sorry continue no no no. just setting that space uh to kind of pamper yourself more so than you would if you you know had to
0: leave for the office
1: exactly
0: yeah your videos are so beautiful everybody check out um Amez underscore pro uh, for these IGTV videos. And also, Andrea's done them in collaboration with Youth to the People. Um, I know somewhat my cousin texted me saying that she was happy. The only reason she was happy all her acrylic nails were falling off <laughs> while at home was so that she could use her hands to give herself a massage based on your steps. So I loved that.
1: Oh. I love that comment so much. That makes me so happy. And, you know, it's like these are really, you know, I'm all about just I want these resources to exist for people. And um, that's what brings me a lot of joy, too. It's like it still feels like I can work and not necessarily be in the treatment room. And that's been really great. And I love hearing it. Just the fact that people are watching it and resharing. I'm just like, holy shit. This is amazing. People really care because I always question when I'm about to record these videos. I'm always just like, "What are people like?" I'm not saving lives, but I don't know. It's all about the little moments, right? Well, yeah. Like five minutes
0: facial school, not doctor school. (laughs) Yeah,
1: but it's like (laughs) you're saving people's experience. Yeah, but I make fun of myself for that. I'm like, wow, I really fucking take myself seriously. But like I do, you know, like I feel like my work is so intentional. And if someone can feel really good and pampered for an extra five minutes and they're, you know, or just set out five minutes for themselves in the day, then that feels like I'm doing my job.
0: Totally. And I feel like when you're manipulating your face, it's like this form of meditation that can also feel active, which some people especially with so much going on right now and everyone being home although it's distance us from each other there seems to be for some people a lot of communication from family members or relatives or just friends who need support and all that um so like it can be hard to want to unplug and meditate on your own so listening to you and being able to not have to sit still but to touch yourself um feels really nice and I know for me, my forehead is just, like, one huge pressure point. And I never in my life knew that until I started facial rolling with a rose quartz roller. Um, Shock rubs kindly gave us both one in the past. And um, I love my shock rubs. That was a question, by the way.
1: Yeah. Really beautiful um, gua sha rose quartz facial tool. Love shock rubs. Check them out. We love them.
0: Oh, um, my pedicures are something I'm missing. The bottom of my feet are so gnarly that I'm wondering if I should just start pulling out like facial exfoliators that are too strong for my (laughs) facial skin and just start using it on my heels.
1: Honestly, do it because then it's like you're just my thing is like if the products my rule is like if product has sat on my shelf for more than two months. Actually you're hitting the three month mark. It's likely that it's on its way to expiration, which I've never paid attention to expiration marks um, as much as like when I started really kind of focusing more on like clean green beauty a few years ago. And I have literally seen products like build mold over like a span of six months. So like, I, I know, which is, a good sign it means that it's like really clean and organic but I think it's um, if you're not using the product then it's like use it in other ways otherwise it's just a shame because it just goes to waste you know but I that sounds really luxurious and lovely did you say did you say three months yeah but that's more like super clean stuff like you'll notice I'm trying to see
0: like Aliange masks do
1: those -hmm. like,
0: cause I was wondering if those will last a while longer.
1: Yeah, they do. Cause there is a little bit of, um, there's a little bit of phenoxyethanol in their products, which is a very, very, I mean, it's pretty much the universal preservative that even clean beauty brand, I mean, clean beauty brands use. Um, but those have a little bit more longer shelf life. That's like 12 months once they're open, but I'm talking more kind of like, the May Lindstrom's of the world and like, yeah. Um, super, super like, you know, where they're getting even, maybe even no toe. I mean, I just think if you want to really use the product at its best, it's like, you want to be using those products within that three to six month range after the six month range. It's like, I, I, I can feel it. Like, I'm like, this isn't really doing anything. The product's there, but it's not really doing much, you know? And that's, Mm -hmm. Coming from my days when I was working with a lot of um like local independent skincare lines, which is cool. I mean, I just think it's important to actually use the product use that's like, yeah, use it so if and you're to not use using it generously
0: face- if it says generous, like my mom, for example, whenever she sees me use one of my kind of fancier products in a very liberal way, she's horrified because she's like, you really think you're something, you know, how could you want, like, feel so carelessly about using something so pricey? Um, but I'm like, because it's going to go bad or because it's here. Like, I don't know. It says to use generously, fuck. Like, what am I going to do? Dole it out over, like, double the amount of suggested suggestions, you know? Exactly. Sessions. Um, I would like to have a sesh with you, Andrea. Have you been consuming cannabis on quarantine?
1: Um, yes, I have. I really enjoy a pre-bed, um, little smoke session and it's typically just like flour, but, um, I have to say in college, I got pretty into spliffs and sometimes I like that, but I'm generally not a tobacco person at all, but I have been, and then I've been honestly my, I really like, like a very easy edible. So I have those, like, sour watermelon gummies that are mm-hmm. so good. But I took the 10, just one, the 10-milligram one, and it felt, like, I just passed out. And so yesterday I did half, and that felt, it. Good. everything felt really sparkly and cute. Yeah, yeah. And that's what I want.
0: I, um yeah, I have been consuming in all sorts of ways. <laughs> uh, but I had some really nice, like, dried fruit um with coconut sorry dried fruit with coconut edible slabs that were five milligrams each oh. and those were really nice um and on 420 I was getting so high that I fell asleep like at eight pm and that's why I still had the um C B D mask left over because I had pulled it out to use on 420 but I didn't quite make it.
1: <laughs> um yeah, me. I, I, that's funny. I passed out so hard too. Are you more of an indica or a sativa person? Are you? I'm hybrid? more
0: of an indica person or a hybrid. Mm-hmm, I could too. play the range. Like, I'm not scared of sativas, and I enjoy them, um, especially socially if someone else is bringing it to the table. But personally, the periods of my life where I've predominantly used or purchased sativas. I think of as wild times (laughs) where I didn't, I'm much more somebody that needs to come down than up, you know, like I'm I'm not someone that's into Adderall whatsoever. um, Because, I've never really been deeply into Xanax either, but I would prefer to be into that because I would rather come down. Um, Like, even if I'm going to, you know, people are like, oh, but you could smoke some sativa and then go through your photo edits or like all these kind of mundane but mildly creative production tasks. Um, But for me, it's like I don't need to get extra hopped up to do anything. I would rather kind of center myself in my body by like hitting the indica. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I agree, Indica. I didn't really know. Like for years, I feel like I just smoked whatever, and that's like you know, just getting like shitty weed from like a f- friend, and they pull up and just give me whatever, you know. But it's kind of nice being more selective with weed now. I think definitely, that's, but Indica it's really and Sativa
0: cool. and hybrid is still a fake marketing branding exercise um I wouldn't necessarily trust any one brand or dispensary to like actually tell me um to classify the products in that way it's more about lab research that's a little bit more specific than that but most of us don't give a shit that's what I mean I like all weed you know I like bad weed I like good weed um but I definitely prefer like sun-grown organic responsibly made flour not just because of the political implications but because it tastes so good um like one of my favorite strains from Mendocino that's easy to remember is called mimosa and mm. it's a hybrid um and it's very effervescent but embodied um so i don't i think i've experienced a lot of like alienation from physical space since sativa for me is just like way too like that (laughs) um and yeah I want to explore more of what I'm talking about about cannabis stuff in a future episode um because it's like mostly like terpenes and all the individual essential oils in different strains is what constitutes the different feelings so for people who are really into weed like me I would suggest researching the strains you like and seeing what terpenes are in them and then looking for more strains with those dominant terpene profiles. So like one is like lavender, which is like lavender so that's very calming um, and others can be more like spearmint like blah blah blah. Studying that is kind of the same as studying the science of like perfume or even lacroix because like the only ingredient besides carbonated water is like natural essence, which is like flavor distillation in this way. Right. Um, oh my God, we're talking for so long. I hope you're all still engaged, but we're almost on to listener questions. Do you have it in you, Andrea? Of course. Does it feel like it's been long to you? Because it feels like it's flying by to me. I'm just trying to be respectful of everybody's time.
1: Um. No. I. I guess that's our problem, right? It just like flows. I just wish
0: I had the joint closer to me. No. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So these are some just. Well, one thing we have to touch on is that like as a result of people not going out, um, not just women, like all sorts of people, but. People who are sitting home right now examining where their fillers are fading, where their Botox needs retouching, what their natural hair color actually looks like, what their face is like without eyelash extensions and brow microblading, and what their natural complexion actually is without tanner. So I just like I'm loving imagining these decomposition
1: processes. Are you? Yes. And that's funny. I that was one of my questions that I had for you. It was like I mean, you and I are on the other side of it where it's like we don't participate in like a lot of these procedures, like not really. Um and I feel like yeah, it's really interesting. Like all we those We still memes, do. Well, yeah, but like I'm kind I guess I'm talking more so about like injectables specifically. Yeah. Um it's like it's all those memes that came out like the first week, like what are everyone's lip fillers going to look like, you know? And I think that it's funny. I pass no judgment. And I think in fact, like a lot of people look really good with them and they look hot and whatever do you, but I do think this is just a good exercise for everyone to feel very much in their own skin and to kind of give up those crazy, like, societal rules and controls that especially like, I think like a lot of, um, you know, like women feel, um, brought on by like media, but that's really for everyone. So I take that back, but like, no, I
0: feel you just like a super high femme aesthetic requires a lot more labor and
1: money and time. Exactly. So it's like, I just, I would want, I would hope for everyone to kind of just feel like, Okay, maybe I don't feel as confident without my eyelash extensions right now, but it's like I like finding beauty in that. Like okay, maybe you don't have them right now, but like what is something else that you could do like to kind of boost yourself up? You know, it's just like Yeah. feeling good with what you have and I think um that's always what I've that's always been my motto because it's like if I start comparing myself, it like gets really dark and deep and um, I'm working on a project right now where it's like, I've had to really go out of my comfort zone, which is funny. i wearing like more body con stuff. And that for me, like feels really personal and kind of intense. Um, but I'm taking this as like a lesson to just, you know, feel good at literally feel good in my own body and skin, you know, whatever way that may look like.
0: Well, that's what Kylie Jenner's doing as well. You might've seen a meme that, <laughs> speaks to her the resurgence of her as a white woman because her skin you know all the things i described below she's looking uh very calabasas classic in the recent pat pics
1: interesting yeah i mean like that i mean you know we look at these like people in pop culture um someone like you know anyone in the kardashians really and that's cool like i don't know i think that younger generations really look at these figures and the fact that she's doing that like i mean that's kind of an overall positive thing which i think is cool
0: yeah i would love to see an amazing beauty editorial of all of these faces in flux um i wish i could see it and yeah of course it's no judgment about what anybody chooses to adorn themselves with or like transform themselves with um Mm -hmm. because that's an art that I've enjoyed too it's more just like I'm glad I was shifting towards natural um during this time of my life because I feel like there are times where I could have looked a lot worse um because of not having access to like Spending all this money. It's also making me think a lot about money that I would, even though it's like, I'm still willing to spend money on some beauty products, thinking of the cost of certain beauty services, including basic hair coloring. It's just, even though these amazing artists deserve to be paid, like, you know, in relation to their talent, it can just be such a huge investment that it kind of has me in here enjoying what I have, you know,
1: 100%. Exactly.
0: Um, Okay. And I really like that you said earlier that you don't like to look at your own skin too much in the mirror because I know a lot of people who are your fan, um, literally maybe because they've heard you and they know you're a cool, warm, empathetic, smart person. But a lot of the times just because your skin is so fucking amazing and perfect in this like, it's uncomfortable to say perfect, I know, because we're supposed to believe that we don't have to be. But your skin is. And, um, like, if a lot of people listening had your skin, we would certainly be looking at it in the mirror longer than you report to doing. Um, And I think it's just really interesting because, like, even though I'm so passionate about beauty and skincare and it's kind of a never-ending obsession and interest Mm -hmm. at the same time. I also don't believe in obsessive grooming. I don't believe in like treating your skincare routine as like a space for control and like false agency. And like, I just also believe in surrendering as a beautiful act too. And like just experiencing what is because some people really spend their whole free time, like grooming. And I just think that that is like some emotional stuff going on. I don't think that should be normal.
1: Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I totally agree with you. I mean, that's why it's interesting when you like see all these like figures or celebrities or bloggers, and they're doing all these videos. And it's like, even as a professional aesthetician, it's like, like, I feel very distanced from what a lot of these people are like their routines and what they're putting on their faces. Cause it's so like exorbitant to me. And, but I love, I love that. I love to indulge too, but I just, yeah, I think it's like a fine line. Like just what you said. I really like that. It's like, I don't believe, yeah, I don't believe in like excessive grooming and like making your skin routine about like a control thing. Cause then that's then, then it becomes, it's like the intention gets lost. It's like, it just th- kind of, it yeah. doesn't make sense really. Like it should be like fun, experiential light and beautiful, but I don't think it should be like the center right, of it all. Cause then it becomes like that. I think that's a bigger, you know, that's like a bigger question.
0: And it's one that we can all relate to in some way or another, because I mean, for me, I've had so many different um beauty stories that I've told like all sorts of hair colors and in particular when I mentioned like a more recent shift to naturalism it's only because I had a full face and super blonde hair and like a very high femme look for many years and now I think it's all of that stuff is still in the way I choose to present myself somehow but it's much more relaxed but it's not necessarily the, specifics that have changed as much as the attitude and I really think about it as like beauty as prayer versus beauty as proof because for a lot of my teens and early 20s I was more immaculately made up than I am now but it was all about proving my own desirability to other people and mostly to myself do you know what I mean it totally. was not like I needed their attention, even though I wanted it, especially like sexual attention, romantic gaze. But I really wanted to prove myself viable of even socializing, you know, like I'm worth being somewhere or I'm worth speaking to because I'm pretty. And I think also having predisposed um, ideas about like my identity in relation to like body image, class and a couple other things where I... I felt like just being beauty was proof that I mattered, proof that I was existed, proof that I was going to attain some visibility. And that is just so heavy. And when I think about getting ready, sometimes in the past, even though there was so many unbelievably fun moments, there was also so much pressure to look and feel good. Um, Whereas now I really think about beauty as prayer and like ritual and intention and just like, feeling your you know I feel myself more than I did yesterday aesthetically because I accentuated my features with some light makeup and pink lipstick for our talk um but like that can just be a celebration of like myself and of taking the time to feel good rather than proof that like I'm a worthy host or I'm a worthy person you know
1: one yes yes I really relate to that like early I think early twenties, mid twenties. Um, you know, it's yeah. Beauty. It, it, yeah. It was a lot of proving. And I felt like so much of what I did, my routines, the way I dressed, the way, you know, I remember like spending like $500 on getting my hair by and then wasn't like exactly cause I wanted it, but I was like, this will make me feel prettier. And therefore I think, um, men will be more attracted to me. That was literally how my beauty routines were like associated with, which is kind of sad, but it's also just like part of growing up. I feel like, and I agree. It's like added my attitude has changed so much where now I'm just like, I'm near, I'm like 30 now basically. And like, this is, you know, my features are my features. This is my body. And now I'm just Like I'm dedicated to just like working with what I've got right now. And like where I choose to modify or transform or explore, it'll be at least I know now it's really, truly not for anyone else. Like I don't have anything to prove to anyone else anymore. Like it's all what I want to do is all about fulfilling My self expression and how I feel about myself, and for myself, you know, it's just like it's for nobody else, and I think that's like the biggest change in attitude that I've all these like beauty routines, like even something as simple as like straightening my hair. Like, I would not leave the house without straightening my hair. Like, I probably haven't straightened my hair, I mean, I think I got it blown out once this year, maybe once last year, but like, just even breaking down those like expectations where like I remember feeling like oh like it's cool that I don't have to like feel like I have to have straight hair to like leave the house you know what I mean right
0: and also like I feel like for me um any archetype of like a pretty woman who's not skinny it's like basically a southern belle it's like glamorously smooth healthy protein rich hair and like milky skin and perfect Mm -hmm. curves and like a dress and heels and like everything is proof that you're not like other fat people with that you're not like a smelly loser with no nothing to wear um and that's like really fucked up and so i'm glad that i don't feel that way (laughs) anymore but i also think we both have the privilege of being in like long-term committed relationships at this point. So I also really empathize with people who are like, yeah, that's fucked up, but I want to be desirable because I want a partnership. And this is the way of the law, you know? Fully. Yeah. But my advice would be that no matter how skinny or waxed you become, what everybody wants is to be mind fucked. And that (laughs) true sexuality comes from somewhere much deeper than the skin. So have at it that way. <laughs> See what I happens mean,
1: there. Boom. That's <laughs> like, yeah, no, it's so so true.
0: Um okay, so we spoke earlier about um a couple listener questions. Let's kind of have a lightning type pace, really free association with these. Um These are questions that came in from you beautiful listeners. Thank you so much for submitting. It makes this so fun for both Andrea and me. And we're honored that you give a shit. Um, (laughs) Seriously. (laughs) uh, Okay. So is it worth getting a silky pillowcase for both my hair
1: and skin? Can you answer for each? 100% hair. Yeah. And I'm going to say 100% skin too. Um, Silk is great for eliminating that friction that sometimes creates breakage and frizz. And then for skin, um, it's, it's said that these sort of silk pillowcases, um, like don't crease as much and therefore, um, is lighter like on the skin. So it's like, on other sheets, it's like you might wake up and have a bunch of those like crease lines. And it said, I don't have silk pillow sheets, so I haven't fully tested this out, but I have a lot of clients who swear by them. So I'm going to say definitely for skin and hair, it's totally a plus for preventative anti-aging for like the skin.
0: Thank you. I'm interested because I noticed that my most sensitive skin area on my face, not sensitive to product sensitive to my own fear of aging um it seems to be a, right where i rest my head while i sleep at night on my side um so if i don't want to change my positioning quite yet even though i know back sleep is good for skin i hear so i'll start with the silk pillowcase next question what is the best way to help a breakout without picking it how do we support our plugged up little holes rather than abuse them
1: oh that's a good question um my best advice wait was that question on was it about picking was it like a that was like a combined like how to avoid it yeah yeah um I think if you're like a picker and there's like a blemish that pops up the best thing to do is if you're using a spot treatment that's like the easiest thing put it on there so that at least it creates like a barrier so that that barrier, like the Mario Badescu drying lotion, right? It's like, although it's not my super favorite product, but if you have that in your cabinet, it's like putting something on there to prohibit from picking. That's like step number one. So just no picking at all. And then secondly, it's, I think like getting out of the shower. And if it comes to like, what people don't understand is like blemishes naturally come to a head. So just wait for the head to like arise. Basically, if you're impatient, I get it. But like, sucks for you just wait because it the body is smart whatever needs to get expelled will happen um and then my go-to trick for blemishes is I always put a little bit of um like colloidal silver gel because that's anti-inflammatory and that can also be used for anyone with any kind of skin conditions rash that kind of thing um or baking you can do a little mix a little water with a uh, baking soda and dab it on there too nice
0: Um, that's a good at home fix. I know earlier you mentioned that like incorporating masking or exfoliating at home as a weekly or bi-weekly ritual, um, is really good, but what would be some quick pinch exfoliants or masks that we might be able to create from household stuff?
1: Great question for mask, definitely, um, honey based um or if you have like a greek yogurt base in fact greek yogurt and honey specifically manuka honey are so so incredible for um those with skin conditions including rosacea um maybe even like a like psoriasis um excess dryness it can really honey really really helps to um bring down inflammation and greek yogurt is super super cooling cuz it's in the fridge right so um use those as bases um, great, great at home exfoliators, uh, ground up coffee, brown sugar, and using like an olive oil base or avocado oil base or coconut oil base. Super, super easy. Um, those actually make for really good body scrubs too, and lip scrubs as well. Um, you can also do like an avocado mask, turmeric mask, um, adding a little bit of turmeric powder to your honey or Greek yogurt is great, easy DIY. Um, yeah, just any anything that's you can ground up essentially, mix it with some oil and that's that'll make for a great exfoliator.
0: Thank you. And someone asked about tips for hormonal and stress-related acne. I know this is my most that's my most like common kind of acne all around my chin. Um, What do you recommend for that?
1: I think for hormonal acne, I think it's what I always sort of advise my clients immediately. I mean, whether you're on some type of birth control is one thing. And unfortunately I do think like hormonal acne is so tied to stress and emotions. And um, so there's really no controlling that, but I think the best way to get at it is, Um, for hormonal acne, it's that facial massage is actually really good to sort of break up that like stagnation, but also I always recommend, um, supplements. So looking at your detoxifying organs. So like, um, liver milk thistle is fantastic. You want to make sure that your body is expelling, um, its toxins. Um, another huge huge thing for hormonal acne is a supplement called dim. Um, and it's derived, um, from cruciferous vegetables. And I have a lot of my clients on that. And it basically helps to regulate, um, estrogen, testosterone, progesterone, um, that tends to get out of whack the days leading five days leading up to your menstrual cycle. Um, so you can, I always have a lot of my clients start taking that, um, a month out because it takes about four weeks to get into the system but it helps tremendously i've even had some clients whose hormonal acne is like essentially completely gone away from incorporating dim um into their lives and i also think um chlorella which i've talked to you about before like any algae kind of based supplement is really good as well and probiotics are going to be like a huge huge thing because um again with hormones it's you want to have healthy, healthy gut flora too.
0: You mentioned the probiotics and also the Corella, which are the only two supplements I take. And Mm -hmm. that was both per your recommendation. How do you feel about like, you know, COVID-19 hits and people are like buying up all the lipospheric vitamin C and like buying up all the wellness formula. And like, do you think that like last minute, efforts to like load up on supplements are really helping your immune system that much? Or like, am I being cynical or am I just jealous? I didn't get any of the vitamin C. (laughs)
1: Yeah. I mean, I don't have, I don't have any vitamin C. I, again, like with most supplements like vitamin C or vitamin E or antioxidants, I really try to just get that through the food that I'm eating. So like, if you're worried about, um, your immune system, it's like boost up on your onion and garlic intake or start um, throwing in uh, blueberries or like a little bit of chaga, or reishi in your smoothies. It's like I supplement. I feel like, you know, there was like a supplement craze during all of this. And, you know, I have like a wellness pill that I take every day, but that's been in habit of just me coming into contact with so many people during my facials, you know, so, cause I'm like in there and, um, but I think it was really easy to go crazy. You know, I feel like at the health food stores, it's like the supplement section is pretty wiped out. But I, what I say is like these supplement, it's not like you take it. And then the next day it's like, I'm strong, you know, it's like yeah. your body has to build up to it. So if it's something that you see with supplements, I think it's a, if it's something that you feel like you'll incorporate into your life or you somehow feel like, yeah, maybe I, I don't eat enough, uh, fruits and vegetables and I'm not getting my vitamin C then supplement that with a supplement, you know, but I think best advice to not get supplement heavy. Cause I get really sick of that world, like in two seconds. Um, and it's also kind of expensive. Just do it through whole foods.
0: What is, um,
1: that one wellness pill you take? Um. Um, I take there's two that I love, Counterattack, and then uh, Wellness Blend. I think my favorite is Counterattack, and I weirdly think it's because the the pill is like this really bright, beautiful yellow. <laughs>
0: uh-huh.
1: Um, but those are my go-to's. I take like I'll take Counterattack twice a day or Wellness Blend twice a day. Um, it just depends, and sometimes I don't even take those every day. Like sometimes I'm yeah. like. You know, it's just how I feel. But one thing that I have, liked during this, um, during the days of COVID, um, I, allergies, the allergy, like, pollen count has been really really high in LA because we've had so much uh, rain. So, like, there's been days where I, like, go outside and I'm like, holy shit, there's so much pollen. And I'm really sensitive to pollen. So what's been really nice is there's this um, throat spray by Beekeepers Natural. And I actually accidentally got the kid's throat spray, but I spray that in my throat every day. Um, And that's helped a lot. And that's made with bee propolis, which is the outermost layer of the beehive. So it's extremely protective if you can visualize that. Yeah. Um, And that's really good for your immune system as well.
0: Um, That would be interesting to me because, like, I feel like I've had permanent, some version of post-nasal drip. Yes, nonstop in my whole life but like I can tell you know because of diet and certain things right now it's relatively manageable but it still just bugs me especially because I love performing and talking and some days it's like a really heavy
1: weight on my system. Yeah I it's weird like I, I've i self-diagnosed myself with allergies but I, I know I've I've always had that, like, yeah, that throat post-nasal drip thing. And again, like my acupuncturist is like, it's all the, the heat and the dampness in your gut, which I believe. Um, but also I just like, I know I'm super sensitive to dust and pollen. So like, uh, honey is just always, always highly stocked in my kitchen. That's for sure.
0: Um. Someone asked relatedly, what foods can I eat for the most skin detoxification?
1: Yeah, that's really good. Definitely, um, I would say leafy greens are just going to be the most sort of like all encompassing. You're getting your fiber, you're getting your greens, you're getting high vitamins. There's so many different um, properties to like, you know, spinach and kale and um, chard all of those, the greener, the better, honestly. Um, so that's like for all encompassing sort of like honestly skin vitality, I would say. And then the antioxidant question is, um, or factor I should say is important too. Um, Cause the higher, the more kind of high antioxidant um, dense diets that we have, the better our bodies will sort of process oxidative stress. So whether that's through, Um, environmental factors, uh, high pollutants, the air, artificial lighting, that type of thing. Um, Eating foods like, I mean, you've all have heard this, but nothing revolutionary, but berries, raspberries, blueberries, um, I mean, even strawberries, uh, pomegranates. um, Those are all super packed with really rich antioxidants. So that's also really, really good for the skin as well. Um, And then Tea is another good thing that I think is like, it's not a food, but something that really aids in detoxifying the skin, like peppermint and spearmint, really, really good for like internal inflammation and kind of it's antiviral. So like cleaning out, um, kind of your gut, um, hibiscus is also extremely beautifying. So like hibiscus tea, um, which is, my fave because I love hamica, mm-hmm. even though there's sugar in that, sugar, but yeah, <laughs> I still like convince myself that that's really good for my skin. Um, so yeah, like adding teas, calendula, um, lemon balm, all those are, um, help support the skin, um, quite a bit and, and so- alkaline alkaline too. Like, uh, I don't follow this diet, but like, um, kind of paying attention to more acidic foods, um, and making sure that you're kind of keeping your body at a nice, um, pH balance, I think is also, um, directly related to the skin as well.
0: Cool. And what is someone asking? Oh, so someone asked when you're doing, um, when you're doing facials, how can you tell if someone's had fillers or not? And do people oh.
1: ever lie? <gasps> that's such a good question. Um, I can usually tell now, and that's just based off of experience now. Um, you know, things look a little bit, th- it's just like facial geometry just doesn't really lie. And so when something, like, it's very obvious to me when something looks kind of exaggerated. And th- I have this sort of, like, unspoken protocol where, like, if they don't mention anything right away, then I'm going to support, like I'll ask a supportive question where it's like, has there been any procedures that you've done recently? And usually like the client will kind of open up, but it really is. It's not again, not to shame anyone. It's really just like, if you've gotten filler in the last two or three weeks and you're coming to give me a facial, then that is going to dictate the amount of pressure, um, and type of facial that I'm giving you. Cause I don't want to move any of that around. It's too much of a liability for me, you know, since I'm obviously not a doctor. Um, But it can be a little awkward, but now I feel like, honestly, it's like, it's so injectables have been so normalized that now it's, I find people are really willing to talk about it, which I think is really cool. And I, and I compliment people too. Like I've seen some really amazing work and then I've seen some not so great work and then, you know, it just is what it is. But, um, yeah, it's really just being precautious because I don't, uh, you know, I don't really want to move any, any of the injectable kind of around. So I need to know people you need to tell someone
0: with lymph like someone giving themselves a lymphatic massage based on your IGTV. If they have fillers, do they need to be careful not to like
1: manipulate the filler? Yeah, and that's where I think it would be, you know, you want to be precautious of like the amount of pressure and lymph. Like I said, lymph drainage on the face lymph stimulation is not about pressure. So like you can go pretty light and you'll be like, you don't have to worry about moving your filler. But if you are kind of like, if you're addressing more like pain or something along the face, then do be careful with, I would say like go lighter on the pressure.
0: Right. Okay. And then I have one question from a very loyal listener named Harold, who's a Uh neuroradiologist, and he works in a hospital. And, I might be violating his privacy by disclosing that, but I didn't say his last name or anything. Um, so I'm joking. I don't think he's going to be upset. I want my everyone to know I really won't violate your privacy unless that's your kind of thing. Um, but he says that I work in a hospital and the bridge of my nose is red and raw from wearing masks. Help.
1: Oh, Interesting for mass that sounds like it's probably a little bit of like contact dermatitis or a little bit of like chafing yeah um so what i would do a little trick i it's kind of sounds like honestly i would create a little barrier. So, so even like, um, like a, like a healing balm, I mean, you could do like aquaphor or Vaseline, but those are petroleum based, which I'm not the biggest fans of, but putting just like a little bit of like a, like a pomade and like on top of your nose while wearing a mask, I guarantee that would probably bring the redness down. And then also, um, do whatever mask you have at home, just kind of like even after every night, like a hydrating mask, just applying a little extra love on your nose. But it sounds like that's just like uh mask chafing, honestly.
0: Um, I also heard that uh Mega Babe, who we just were speaking about with that uh-huh. slippy product, Mega Babe is actually donating um products for healthcare workers who are experiencing a lot of these types of chafing and skin contact issues. So it might be worth, um, buying yourself a thigh stick and just putting a little bit on those
1: areas on your face. Definitely. That's what I was honestly thinking. Like you want like a gliding product or even like aloe vera gel would be good too. Um, yeah, I would definitely, I mean, the cool thing about that stick is it's very all purpose to me, which I think is so cool.
0: Um, okay. So I don't know if if you've been on the show since you popped the big question, but since you are quarantined with your partner and so am I, um, I was kind of wondering if you would be willing to speak about the idea of like proposing and the gender dynamics of that. And like, whether um, kind of proposing this commitment was something you always planned to do or if it was, like, organic to this particular relationship?
1: Oh, that's such a good question. Uh, thank you for asking. Yeah, I – well, for the listeners, I, my partner and I have been engaged just a little over a year, and I proposed to him in, during a trip in Japan um, that coincided with his birthday – and, you know, for me, it's so weird. It just all felt very, like, organic. And I I remember the months leading up to it, I kept kind of sort of second-guessing myself because I wasn't sure if it was, like, as much as I want to do this, it's like, am I going to feel, like, left out from this process where it's like, I want to be asked, too? And then I, in my head, I was like, well, that's kind of silly because it's like, just the idea, like an engagement is already involving both of us. So it's like, I didn't feel like I needed like a counterpart, like ceremonial thing, like, and it might happen. Like, um, Adam and I have like a very open dialogue about that, but I, so funny, I just really envisioned myself proposing to him. And I think that, um, I remember telling a lot of my clients like last year. And so I would say like, I don't know, like 95% of people were just like, what? That's crazy. Don't you want a ring too? And it's like, I actually don't. Cause I can't wear a ring like <laughs> during the day. Like right. I was like, I think it would be cuter to give him a ring. Cause he can enjoy it and wear it. And when I look at it, I'll feel like, yeah, I, I designed that. I, bought it. And it, it was like a equally like a booster for me. So, um, you know, it was fun. I, it kind of like brought me back full circle to even the time that we first started dating. And like, I feel like I was very proactive in our relationship and I felt like, this kind of like mimicked that like I was, I like, I knew immediately, like, I, you know, in my head, I was like, Oh, like, I love this person, like pretty quickly. And like, you know, I want I was like, ready to like, take it pretty seriously. So like, I just feel like proposing just felt like the extension of that. So I think any one who's, like, thinking about proposing to their partner. It's pretty cool. Like, it's a really cool feeling. And we talk about it, like, literally multiple times a week. And it was Aww. just, it's, yeah, it's, like, the this fun thing that you remember. And we're, like, I'm not in a rush to plan out anything. And especially, like, now. Like, who knows when even we'll really be able to. But, like, I already, like, proposing honestly felt like getting married. Like, I feel married already and that's kind of so what I cute. wanted I wanted like an unspoken like spiritual like this is us committing to each other but it's I love love it. cool people it's so fun when I'm out with Adam and like men and like everybody comes up and they're like the ring is sick and then like Adam proudly <laughs> tells, you know Adam proudly tells the story and I'm like yeah it's cool right because like i I really wanted it to kind of like evoke this like superhero like badass, like kind of like like mobby ring, and that's exactly what it is because it that's so like Adam in so many ways, and it really like speaks to his style. But it's so like it's such a conversation starter, and it's so fun. And most people are still surprised by it. And I have to say, um Maggie Simpkins, um the designer who helped me design, uh, the wedding ring maker, um, the engagement rings maker, I should say, um, was like, I think you're the only woman I've ever, like, she's like, this has never happened before. So I was her first and she's been doing this for like, I think close to a decade. So that I feel like that says a lot about gender roles.
0: Yeah, it's funny because even though it is more normalized than ever before to have like a very um not necessarily dominant but a very like the like in a heterosexual couple like it's more common than ever for the woman to be like the driver of the relationship, but yes. when it comes to proposing, it still really isn't normalized whatsoever um for that to happen and I just like the way you speak about it because for you the pleasure and the gift and the like ceremony and specialness of it is in choosing to share that with Adam and to like it's extremely vulnerable to like propose a lifelong commitment so I like that for you it's sort of this emotional experience of honor and loyalty and love and it's not about needing to control when you get proposed or, you know what I mean? And just like that agency is something that you don't really see among, um, women looking to get married, especially to men, because a lot of the narrative is that I'm a high powered bitch and I can get anything I want. I can control everything except,
1: Uh and then it's
0: like bratty pouting about the ring.
1: Yeah, it's um, like, that's so fucking annoying to me. It's like, if you want it in every other area, part of your life, you're you better go it. get it. Yeah, it's but
0: like dating discourse doesn't really go that way either. Like, I also feel that I was very generously in love with my partner and emotionally more comfortable with, like, sitting with some of that before he was. And it also had something to do with where we were at before this relationship. Um him having come out of a relationship relatively extremely recently <laughs> at the time, okay. Um as opposed to me who had been really, like, grounded and interested in, like, I had been celibate for one year on purpose and I wanted to attract a loving partner. Um So... I don't know it's just funny because I like how you're saying like yeah I've always been driving the car babe hop in because the reality is some men want to just hop in and that doesn't make them like any less masculine or appropriate or like it doesn't mean they're just like a tag along ride along kind of guy it just means that they're like having a specific emotional dynamic in a relationship you know.
1: Exactly. And it's funny because I've had a few like older, um, older female clients and it's like they somehow hear that I'm like engaged and they're like, how did he propose? And I like, ha- I didn't correct them. Like I just like told the story as if I was the man kind of. Yeah. And it's funny, you know, cause it, it's just such a generational difference where it's like, I I should have spoken up, but it was this thing where I was just like, I don't even think you're like, you're like nearly 70. You're probably not ready for this, you know, like, cause it's always been such a, you know, this is how it goes. The man proposes and that's it. You know, it's like, and then I'm just supposed to cross my legs and look cute, you know, it's like, no, you know, but it's interesting trying to relay that over to someone, you know, like, basically over the age of 65. It was just like interesting. What is even my parents think? Yeah. Yeah. Like first, first take them both being like Catholic, traditional Latino parents. They were like, huh? Like you're going to do it. My mom was like, uh, doesn't seem, doesn't seem like a normal word. I was like, well, Yeah. But like, what about my relationship with Adam is normal? Like I pride myself on like the non-normalcy, honestly, whatever that means, you know? Yeah. And she, then she was like, okay, well, if you're serious, you know, they're both like, they thought it was a joke. It's funny. I met with that a lot. They're like, are you serious? Like for real? And it's like, yeah, I sought out someone. Plan the ring and then propose like that doesn't it's not like less of a ser- like I was just as serious as any man you know yeah um and yeah and then they were like totally supportive and really excited oh um well I
0: cannot wait um for that wedding <laughs> I'll hold my breath I hope it's not on fucking zoom um oh, oh my god <laughs> Right? <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, well, there was one more listener question before we get into some wrap-up stuff. The question was, I want to quickly shop at a drugstore online or Amazon for some, like, cheap products to constitute a facial. Any go-to drugstore or affordable online products to recommend quickly?
1: Definitely. For at-home, like, facial and routine You and I both know Heritage Store, any of the products, the rose water, the rose water petals, the rose water toner, fabulous, fabulous. Um, And then for drugstore haul, I would say like a CVS, like CeraVe is going to be like your friend, really, really nice. uh, You know, they're not fully clean or anything, but their whole thing is um, ceramides, which are super soothing, helps with... um, Skin vitality and texture. So, like, I actually really like CeraVe. Um, and then, cure is going to be great. cure, Andalou, Naturals, Walita. Oh, um, amazing. All so amazing. The Walita has really a really nice range on day and night creams. I've noticed skin food. I'm sure you've heard of it. Um, really, really popular, but Walita has just a really nice range of moisturizers. And you can use those bases, um, you know, for like a facial massage. And then I know a cure has really, really nice, uh, like facial oils and they, I feel like they have a nice range of like different serums, different masks, exfoliator. they have brightening, they have pigmentation, like their, a cure is great. I mean, I've been using them for years. They're one of my favorite products is their, um, spirulina and it's green, very earthy exfoliator. Facial oh. polish, really, really great. Um, but they I really like their wipes, their line. the Acure seriously
0: yeah. soothing. Um, you can get them for seven bucks. They're micellar water
1: towelettes. Um, um, amazing, and you know what would be good for an at-home facial is their Acure sheet masks. They have this oh, they're really, really fun, good, the silver foil one. Um, that one's fun because it's like chrome. And the biocellulose mask, it's pink. It's like, it has a lot of peptides and I think hyaluronic acid, um, That's beautiful. Like, yeah, all of those are amazing and super affordable. Um, and there's so many other cute little brands um, too, like slightly smaller ones. Um, for a while, I was really into Prada Lab, like a long time ago, cause I loved the name and I thought it was glam, but they have some fun, like, they have a really nice talc-free dry shampoo that I really like. Um, who else? Yeah, those are, like, my main hitters, though. I want to shout course, out... Tell me. Oh, I was going to say the Aztec clay for, like, a really yeah. intense drawing mask. And you can get that at any grocery store, pretty much.
0: Totally. I just wanted to say, and while we're talking, well, ADA the... um. I'm really into skin food, of course, and I just got this skin food body butter uh, not too long ago, which is extremely rich and just as good as you would think it would be. Um, So the only product I have left to try is the skin food lip balm. I really want it. And I also am loving what I use every day after the shower lately is the Willeta. Rose um, Body Lotion, which is a very light formula, um, but it goes it absorbs instantly and is still very hydrating for how light it is. And then also just because I mentioned I am kind of having a hard time wanting to spend money on body products unless they're extremely effective. um, Although I'm welcome to receive any gifts. Is Dove Exfoliating Body Polish in the crushed macadamia and rice milk? You get 10 ounces for seven bucks. And while it might not be clean beauty approved, um it's just a really nice scrub. It has some nutrients and it's it doesn't have such harsh molecules that you're gonna scratch yourself. And I just love it because a body scrub. Like I was gifted the necessary body scrub by my mom and it was an amazing Christmas gift, but like you can't use it freely because if you, and then someone might stay at your house and use it all. And like, it's just, you have to be so yeah. worried about it because it's so pricey. And I would much rather sink my hand into this big tub of dub rice milk and feel extremely luxurious.
1: Yeah, that sounds pretty great.
0: Um, I want to try it. This is about to be as long as the fucking um, Scorsese movie. (laughs) Um, But I really... We're going to wrap up. I know... Did you ask me the questions you had for me or anything else you need before I go into some final goodbye stuff?
1: Yeah, I mean... we honestly transitioned into both of them really beautifully um but i it was really more i just wanted a, your take on like in injectables and in vegetables injectables um and like that kind of discourse that's been happening a lot like over the
0: internet and it's like I, frankenstein baby i love it um i love all the like it's just a gross horror fascination of like work gone bad I mean we've all seen botched like it's just of course it's just a realm of like entertainment whether it's like uh fucked up or not I'm sorry you know it's just gossip but like the idea of people who have invested like thousands of dollars in themselves to look a certain way just like depleting at home because they can't leave due to global pandemic it's like It's an amazing story to me, and I wish beauty magazines were cool so they would visualize it, and I wish we had our own beauty magazine, Um, New Moon, drawing it in. (sighs) We're manifesting. Yes, so on that note, for the New Moon, I drew a card from my favorite Oracle card deck um, by Michelle Montuzas, and the card I picked before our session is really pretty. I'm going to share it. It's um called psychic development and it's an image where the top is the bottom half of a vibrant sun with sunbeams um going into the sky and right below the center sunbeam is a big gorgeous white swan and the swan is on some rolling water and below it it shows us like a pink and green kind of algae area Um, So this is a new moon intention for all of our listeners, psychic development. The energy and healing work you are doing now will enable you to heighten your sensitivity to the energy around you and others. This will assist you in developing discernment. Discernment is the feeling that you get in your body that signals to whether something feels right or wrong, your sixth sense, your gut feeling. The situation you're inquiring about is asking you to use your discernment. You do not want to take on other energies, other's energy, yet you do not want to close yourself off out of fear. Envision energy flowing through you like water. Take on too much and you sink. Closing yourself off offers a very different energetic experience too. When you let that water energy flow as it will and either embrace it or fight it, you are truly in the flow. Remaining at this elevated energetic vibration will allow you to tap into the realms of the psyche.
1: Oh, that's so on point for you.
0: I love it. I hope it resonates with you too and that you enjoy your new moon and Earth Day. Thank Um, you.
1: Happy Earth Day to everyone.
0: I'm so grateful for you to be here. Do you want to listen to the book recommendations? Yeah. Okay. So since a few people asked, here are some books I'm going to recommend you check out during quarantine. If you have any specific questions about anything Andrea and I spoke about today, you can always message me and I'll get them answered. And likewise, if you have specific types of books you're after, let me know and I can be more specific. But Since you listened to this whole episode about beauty, um, you probably love beauty, desirability, and themes of embodiment. So here are a few relevant titles to that. Um, Number one is The Bluest Eye by Toni Morrison. Um, I just recommended this to my cousin Kayla, who literally has the bluest eyes ever, like bluer than the ocean, Um, I was like, please read about your own beauty privilege as the white American ideal and also experience Toni Morrison's perfect prose. It's especially fun to read because it's Toni Morrison's first novel, which I always think is special um, when you're going through an author's work. And it's just a very readable novel with um, exciting and essential implications in terms of like Racial and gender politics, but told within a very beautifully crafted story. So it's not like a nonfiction text about beauty or
1: something. The I'm next, get to tell read me. That. I have Audible. Yeah. So that might be like a nice kind of meditative thing to do in the morning, too. My next
0: Beauty Wreck is a nonfiction. And it's funny you say Audible because I'm reading that, I'm listening to this author's Audible original right now. Um, this recommendation is How to Murder Your Life by Kat Marnell, which is an addiction memoir about the bad girl beauty editor's Adderall dependency and psychosis. Um, but for me, it's all about that beauty editor lifestyle. We get to hear the story of her climbing the Condé Nast ladder, basking in the cabinets of free products, fucking up PR trips with the most luxurious beauty brands in the world, And then turning the beauty writing game on its head with her debut at XO Jane, where she wrote things like how to do your makeup before work after staying up on a bender all night. Um, I read this book in a day or two at the beach in 2018, and I literally applied to be a beauty editor at The Cut the next week.
1: That's right. I remember that.
0: Of course, I didn't get it. Thank God. Um, But I wish they'd at least published one of my stories. And this book is extremely indulgent and fun. Um, the Audible, it's it's kind of different listening to your favorite author um, than reading, but it's still cool. The next recommendation is Thick by Tressie McMillan Cotton. Cotton? It's an extremely—I'm oh, going to say that again— The next recommendation is Thick by Tressie McMillan Cotton. It's an extremely relevant collection of essays that explores American institutions such as higher education, medical care, political fundraising, and particularly how those institutions don't function to serve everybody the same. Um, And it's told in a very personal way. It also touches on beauty and desirability, especially with its title essay um which is a fantastic meditation on the descriptor thick which as a white person i just don't even believe in saying thick like in a meaningful way especially about yourself um i'm also obsessed with the year without a name by cyrus grace dunham which is a memoir discussing cyrus's own year without a name as they navigated gender transition and just their own sense of embodiment and wondering what was real and what was inside them and what is, and it just gets into all these fabulous existential questions. But um besides the themes, Cyrus just writes in a really personal and disarming and exciting way. I tore through the book. Um finally the next recommendation is Pleasure Activism, The Politics of Feeling Good by Adrian Marie Brown. Um, basically critical discourse around feeling good. It's part collection of essays, part reader compiled by Adrian Marie Brown. So it has interviews and multi-format stuff des- designed all around feeling good and the inherent right to feel good, particularly for marginalized people. Um, but just this idea of who gets to feel good when and how and what are our value systems around that check it out i know that was a mouthful this has been so fun for me um thank god you stayed on the line dre because i'm gonna tell you about the giveaway um so i'm gonna tell you how to enter and then andrea is gonna tell you what you're gonna possibly win so to enter this very special tyranny talks giveaway with andrea mez known for her amazing facials Follow both Andrea and me on Instagram. And if you already follow us, that's fine. The most important thing is to subscribe or follow Tyranny Talks wherever you get your podcasts and send me a DM showing that you're subscribing or following. If you don't use Instagram and you still want to subscribe and submit, please just email me. Um, oh, perfect. Yeah. My email is easy to find, but it's Tierney at gmail.com. So you can show me the receipt of your subscription that way. And you'll be entered to win a random drawing. So please enter to win by Wednesday, April 29th. And the winner will be announced April 30th on Instagram. It's at amez underscore pro and then at t star 7 for me. Uh, we will check before you're submitted into the drawing that you follow us if you're a user. And Andrea, tell them what they're going to get.
1: I'm so excited because this is so cute what you're going to get, what the lucky winner gets. So, considering that the weather's changing, we, Tony and I, thought it would be cool to gift, um, one lucky winner, the transforming exfoliator and the probiotic mask, um, by Alain J. These are our friends in Australia that have such a beautiful line, um, formulated by, uh, Dr. Allison uh, Jameson. Um, and we are so, so grateful. Thank you so much, and J. But basically, Um, this little duo is great because you can morning or night, you can use the transforming exfoliator to cleanse the skin, remove any topical dead skin cells, and then apply the most beautiful baby blue mask. Literally, it's such a beautiful blue. Um, And this mask is amazing for everything, breakouts, inflammation. um, It's hydrating. It's not super pulling. So you're getting Um, a really nice, all-encompassing little kit here. So we hope you enjoy it and we hope you love it. Yes, follow us and
0: subscribe or follow. I hear the best way to get listeners is by people subscribing to the podcast. So it's always a treat when you do. Happy new moon. Happy Earth Day. Enter the contest. Um, set Your Healing Intentions. It's also John Waters' birthday, so um, go watch Cry oh, Baby or yes. Hairspray or Cereal Mom. Pink Flamingos, all canon. Um, I'm going to go smoke a joint and do that. I'm going to
1: probably go eat.
0: Okay. I love you, Andrea. Thanks for being here. I love you,
1: Tierney. Thank you so much for having me. Okay. We'll talk more soon. Bye. Okay. Bye.
0: Thank you for listening to Tierney Talks. This episode was written, produced, and hosted by Tierney Finster. It was recorded and edited by Margot Padilla. Please let us know what you think of the episode. You can listen to past episodes of Tierney Talks on all podcast platforms. If you love the show, Please rate, subscribe, or share with a friend. Or all three. Until next time. XOXO.